right, everybody. Welcome to the Tuesday show. My name is James Chen, and I am joined by... Whoa, David is way down there, it looks like. Hey, everybody. <laughs> David, <laughs> David and Tubo, how's everybody going? Whew, feeling a lot better now that I just pumped myself up. James, how about you, Tubo? <laughs> uh, you know, I'm feeling good. Can't complain. That's a stellar endorsement of the day. <laughs> uh, I'm glad to hear that. As you can see, everybody, we're back with the regular Tuesday show. We did our Ultra Chen Awards last week, but this is our first like regular Tuesday show since last year. It's been a few weeks. So we like kind of have stuff to talk about over that time. We're not going to get to all the things, especially stuff that did happen last year. But like not a ton happened at the end of last year. So, you know, we're, we're going to, again, have quite a few things to talk about. And you can see on this side of the yes, nailed it, <laughs> where we have the topics. You can see right there. We're talking about this community code of conduct. We'll talk about Twitch removing Utex's face from PogChamp. Talk about KOF 15. We'll talk about Capcom Cup, etc. getting kind of canceled. We'll talk about the viewer questions. we got a couple of them. And we'll get to those. There's assorted other game news. There's assorted other community news. We'll talk about some of the tournaments that happened over this period of time. And then there's going to be a little bit of upcoming stuff at the end of it. But hey, I guess let's begin by getting into this FGC code of conduct. All right, let me turn up David just a little bit here because people are saying he's a little quiet. All right, let's go. All right, so first thing, fighting game code of conduct here. What is happening here? High-fiving. You're trying to trying anyway. through the internet. You're trying to smash my face is what you're trying no, to do. No, you have a shield. See, I can't. <laughs> protective shield. <laughs> We're good. You figured out force fields. Amazing. Yeah, exactly. The technology that we have here on display on the Tuesday show. So, yeah, <laughs> let's talk about the fighting in code of conduct. Um, briefly, this is something that was, well, came out or kind of launched last week. That's why we're talking about it most uh, immediately. And it launched, uh, we'll talk about the reactions, but first, this is something that we've been talking about, right? We sort of have had brief conversations here and there ever since the terrible news came out over the summer. Yes. Of all of the bad actions, abuse of various kinds uh, that we found out about that had been going on for so long that was more widespread than I think many of us would yeah, have guessed. That's a good way to put it. We all knew that, I mean, maybe we, if you had asked me like, is some of this stuff going on? I probably would have been like, probably, but <laughs> the people involved in some of those cases didn't know, wouldn't have guessed. Yeah. And certainly the fact that it was as widespread as it was, wasn't something that I, I would I mean, have guessed either. So I honestly that, never would have predicted it would have been to that level and to that degree right. also, you know. Absolutely. So immediately when that happened, we talked about maybe having a different, a different take on how to do safety and security in the FGC, because it was not just about having, not just about having safety, but about the fact that, you know, we want to have a fun and inclusive kind of FGC. Like that's the fun has always been part of it. The inclusivity has become part of it. I don't think that that's something I would say like was mm -hmm. part of the FGC 15 years cool. ago, but it has been at this point for a while as, as at, at least a stated goal, as something aspirational. So we want to get there. Clearly we weren't doing it. Many of us felt 
it was a steady trend towards positivity. Clearly, that was not happening. So, you know, maybe we need a little bit more in the way of, of activity rather than just kind of this passivity and, and the event-by-event event way of doing community um, uh, safety, you know? Right. Different, it was, on, it was on the tournaments themselves. It was on the TO. If the, something happened at ECT, then the people who run ECT, would it would be up to them to ban them. And then maybe, like, CEO and and level up and, you know, whoever else would be like, okay, we're also banning Big E. Like, they, they yeah. it would be this kind of, like, Cascading. sort of one. It would be on one person. They'd shoulder the responsibility. Then everybody else would be like, okay, we're going to go along with that. Or we're not going right. to go along with that, right? It was up to yeah. them. It's, it's just, it was one of those things where it was, like, with having a large code of conduct, everybody can kind of do something and have a, a large set of rules as opposed to one person having to make that kind of decision themselves because some events would do it one way and do it the other. However, of course, that's if the event wants to adhere to the code of conduct. They can do it their own way anyway, right? I mean, this is not like some overarching, like, you can't be an event in the FGC unless you... Oh. Right. So yeah, I'm just I'm just talking about the backstory, not right. not the code of conduct itself. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Right. So, so this this was the situation, and it wasn't it wasn't just that other people in FGC didn't like that process. Some of the some of the people who got banned didn't like the fact that they felt like they were getting ganged up on. Right. That was like mm -hmm. kind of the feeling of all this. But the TOs themselves have expressed the fact, you know, their their annoyance maybe at having all this responsibility shouldered by them. By, by individuals in the FGC who are kind of expected to police everybody, effectively. Um, and that wasn't easy for them. So um, over the past half year, I've been un involved in developing the code of conduct. Many other people have too. It's been a big community effort. Um, at first there was kind of a public call for people to get involved, to join a certain discord, um, you know, people will sort of invited other folks in and also just like put on twitter and facebook and stuff like we have a discord come join like help <laughs> us do this thing and hundreds of people did hundreds of people joined that discord and you know as always happens some people stick around put a lot of effort in some people have other things going on so it wasn't like in the end hundreds of people were actively in engaged but like they would pop in now and then so we drafted a code of conduct. Um, I was the one who drafted it initially because I, I'm a lawyer and I've done that many times. <laughs> well, of course, did you the know? lawyer did it, of course. News, news to everybody. I'm an attorney and I work in the FGC as well as other esports. <laughs> nice. uh, so I mean, I've, I've written these before and they're not, the rules themselves are like not controversial. Right. Because mm -hmm. they're, what, they're what you already know is bad to do. People are, are joking about part of it but like you already know that like don't harass and don't <laughs> hit somebody don't abuse like they're all just very common sense things right. so that wasn't the hard part actually what the harder part was was after after i did that other people came in we had a ton of great feedback from a bunch of tos including some of the big major tos uh that changed a lot of how we were doing stuff we had a lot of people who were local TOs or who weren't TOs or whatever. They just had their own concerns. We kind of shopped it around and saw what everybody had to say. It changed a lot. And then the hard part was, like, how do you actually build, like, mechanisms of enforcement? 
uh, which I, I honestly wasn't really involved with. I, I don't really know what the process of that was. Um, but that's the hard part is like trying to get people on board and it's trying to have an intake system of reports, trying to keep things uh, uh, confidential, trying to keep right. things mm -hmm, mm -hmm. simultaneously open in a way where like you can accept things, but like some things you can't cause it's maybe your privacy law impl implications there. So that was the harder part was, was building stuff. And like I said, I wasn't really, uh, involved in that so I, I can't speak too much to it but ultimately you know the code released last week and right as far as what it is it's not binding they can't be uh that was there was an initial version of it that went live that was like unfortunately a version that was actually a couple versions ago um, that's, that's in part my bad. Way to go, guys. Way to yeah, go. in part my bad for sure. Uh, <laughs> release, uh, to, you know, basically obsolete released into the production yeah, no, environment. Not, not the best, for sure. Um, but yeah, the, the point is not to make it binding. Like, we don't have that legal authority. There's nothing called like the FGC that we can just like take over. Right. It doesn't even mm. work like that. Uh, so instead, it's like for events that don't have a code of conduct, here's something that you can use. And for other events, if you if you want to continue to just be the people who are expected to make decisions around this, to make um, to ban whatever the the disciplinary action is, then that, that's fine. But if instead, or if also either one, you would like somebody else to get involved, that's when the code of conduct like group would come in mm -hmm. and handle those reports. And ideally what we want is to have a situation where like a ban or, or just a disciplinary action list could be like centralized in some way so that different TOs could recognize when somebody who has done something bad in some other part of wherever tries to enter your tournament, you can know, aha, uh -huh, I don't know this person personally, but I'm gonna head them off at the pass before they do something crappy at my event because I know that they did whatever the terrible thing was. I got them banned mm -hmm. before. So having some kind of like centrality uh, is is part of the idea here as well. Um, but yeah, again, not uh, not and cannot be legally binding. So, so what happens if somebody comes to the COC people like, hey, this terrible thing happened. Let me tell you all about it. Here's my proof and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And the COC goes, hey, so we feel that if you're following our COC, you should ban such and such from your events. Isn't that an overarching government, essentially? Like, well, isn't it's, that a a power? Like, it's a recommendation. It's not It's not nothing. Yeah, I don't want to say that it's not anything. Okay. Because the idea is to help make the FGC safer, uh, more fun, inclusive, etc. So, yeah, it is an action that the, that the group would recommend. You know, it's not... It's not binding. But it, it's a recommendation. So it would be like the group's recommendation to take some action. And then a TO or other TOs could say, okay, sounds good. I'm going along with it. Alternatively, they could say, I don't agree with it. And here's our reasoning for not agreeing with it. Um, ideally, like everybody would agree. Like that's what we would hope for. Mm -hmm. um, and the fact that the rules are like pretty obvious about like what is like we already know is not good or good uh is is intended to be like a way to reach some kind of at least approximation to unanimity it's we're <laughs> we're a really disparate scene and it's never going to be 100 percent like that but yeah i mean 
hopefully we can have a little bit more consistency, I guess, in terms of decisions. Yeah. Okay. I mean, some people are saying, you know, incidents are number are so low. So, you know, what's the point of having a COC like this? I mean, <clears throat> it's just one of those things, right? Like people generally don't install the alarm system in their home until after they get robbed, right? I mean, like it's, it's yeah. you well, kind of want last year, didn't we? Yeah, I was going to say I remember something else that had a very low incident rate. <laughs> we got and robbed. Now it overcame the entire planet essentially. So yeah. I mean, in the FGC there were reports of many robbings to continue the analogy. Like that right. was yeah. 6 mm -hmm. months ago. Exactly. Was, and so the on. One, the incidents weren't that low, right? Because it, it turned out that it was just going on all over the place. The other thing, too, is just by having it out there and established and worded, you know, there's no excuse for anybody to be like, well, I didn't know that this would be a, you know, kind of a thing, right? So, you know, there's yeah. a, they can always try to play dumb on certain things like that. And just having it out there, if, again, if the different groups decide to go along with it, you know, that just yeah. makes it so that there's more onus on the offender, basically. So, Yeah, the intention is to try to make things better in the FGC. I, I don't know what the end result of this will be, but that's the intention in any mm -hmm. case. And everybody who's involved with it, like, we're all people from the FGC, and we all care about the community and most of the people involved are TOs who are at the local level or at the major level and at when the ones who are at the major level are are not like the faces of the tournaments for the most part they're mm -hmm. people who are who are high up involved but like you might not know them if you don't know them personally or if you haven't been to those tournaments themselves you might you know so they're they're people who are not like out there to be the big power hungry, you know, people who are trying to well, grab the spotlight like that. They're, they have been around for a while and are not doing that. That's just right. not, not the case. So, I mean, again, the, the idea is just to help make the FGC a little bit safer, a little bit more fun for more people. And right. yeah, hopefully I it mean, works. We'll see. You know, one of the things that people have been saying, you know, is like, hey, can we find get more information on the people involved? Because you look at a lot of the names, you don't know who they are. Is there talks about, you know, putting down like this person has done this almost kind of like a mini bio for all the people? Yeah, that we're, they're currently putting that together. Okay. Yeah. And then, and then also, you know, some of the major critiques of this is that, you know, it's very U.S. centric. And then some people go as far as to even say that this feels like it's a West Coast thing, that there's no East Coast kind of uh, uh, influence in here, that no one from the East Coast is providing any feedback on this thing. Um, I mean, what's, what's the situation with that? Well, as far as that goes, actually, I would say most of the most important feedback that we got on the code of conduct itself was from east coast tos okay um like the major east coast tos they are not like signed on to it for other reasons other reasons meaning like they have their own rules already or the legal situation in their states is a little bit different or they already have like contracts with other groups who are doing similar stuff so they're not like listed there, but they were definitely involved. Okay. Um, and as far as the fact that it's US based, yeah, I mean, that's true. 
different laws in different countries and there's there's just a limit to like what you can do in terms of making something that comports with laws in every country privacy is something that varies a lot for example uh not just in countries but in the u.s in states so it's like already kind of onerous to try to arrange it in a way that doesn't implicate privacy law in any of the states but you know we handle it very differently than other countries do and so the you know the the rules the like don't harass etc don't show up not having taken a shower like everybody in the world knows that these are things you shouldn't do so the <laughs> the like list of violations is fine it's gonna it's gonna be able to apply but the whole like structure like i said the hard stuff about like trying to create something like this that's gonna be tougher to do elsewhere right. i think it'd be great if there were different people in different countries who adapted this to their own local laws but part of the reason that we didn't just say this is the United States FGCOC was that some of the people who are most heavily involved are not from the US. Okay. There are people from the UK and the EU and from the Bahamas and from South America who have been really important in designing this stuff, New okay. Zealand. Um, so they, they're all over the place themselves and they didn't want it to be, they didn't want like their efforts to not have fruit, they felt, and I think this makes sense, that if it were called something like the US FGCOC, that we would be, that they would be actively leaving themselves out of something that basically that they were making as well. <laughs> Interesting, uh, okay, okay. So, you know, that's that's the reason for it. But yeah, as far as some of the rules involved, some of the, some of the structures, I think I should say, yeah, that's probably gonna be a country by country thing. And I'd love to see that expanded more. Okay. All right, well. Yeah, look, that's that's how it is. Um, obviously, some of the reactions have been, well, kind of what we expected, I guess, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, some well, see, some like, people are cool with it. Like, here's uh, my we'll thing, talk, man. We'll talk with Elvin Shadow about it. He's cool with it. A lot of other people uh, are cool with it, but haven't signed on yet. And then some people are not cool with it. That's exactly the kind of like you run of thing, you, you keep talking about making the FGC better, our, our safety. But, but what's safety? That's someone watching over you, right? Who's watching over the CLC people, David? Frankly, I'm sick of this. I'm starting an FGC coup, too, because there already was one and it failed. This is the second attempt. <laughs> Chad, who is with me? We're not going to stand up to this tyranny anymore. If I want to go use gamer words at tournaments, <laughs> I want to go use gamer words at tournaments, okay? Uh, oh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, it's a good thing. It's a good thing that this is happening. So, I mean, one of the main questions, honestly, obviously, as well, is you know the Smash COC. So they had a code of conduct. They had a whole group for that. The people on the code of conduct were continually harassed. They were stressed out, frustrated, and in fact, it just recently shut down because they just were sick and tired of dealing with that. Um, how, I mean, are, are there any concerns that that might happen here? Are there anything, anything set up to try to prevent that from happening or anything? Uh, of course we're worried about it. I, I, I don't want to overstate like my role. I basically wrote this draft and then I'm advising on some of the structures, but like the, all the governance is other people. Um, you know, all the, all the decision-making stuff, I'm not involved in any of that. Right. Uh, so yeah, I mean, of course they're they're worried about it. Definitely, um, that was recent that the Smash COC shut down, 
And, you know, everybody involved in this kind of saw how that went and nevertheless signed up for it, which is <laughs> encouraging, right? Like they all like knew how it was going and they were like, I still would like to be involved. So yeah. that, that might be good. Is that something that is sustainable? I'm not sure. And then this, again, like this week since it's been launched, the reaction, you know, again, has run from like, this sounds good to okay, but needs changes to I'm not into it to like horrendous racism as, as the response. It's, it's the whole, it's the whole, you know, breadth of options really. Right. And that's, that's what we thought. You know, nobody had any illusions that it would be all good, especially in a scene that's as decentralized as ours. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, hopefully they stick together and hopefully it works out and it's going to be all tough, right. I'm sure. <laughs> cool. Sweet. Code of conduct. We did it. You did it. I didn't do anything. You did it. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Again, this is, it, it has just been launched. Like some tournaments have signed on. I don't know. I guess we'll see. By the way, not just tournaments. The intention is so that if somebody runs a Discord server and they want to have some kind of larger uh, action, then you know they could also be using this. If they don't have a code of conduct for themselves already written up, they could use this. Like that's the idea. But yeah. Again, we'll see. Most events have already had a code of conduct. Anytime you go to an anime convention or any sort of like yeah. regular turn, there's just the thing about it is that you've always signed on to the code of conduct. It's part of the big giant click checkbox. I agree, yeah. and you scroll past it, kind of thing. Oh, kitty, um, kitty cat. Yeah, so you know it's it's been there the whole entire time. I I, I don't know, like I don't want to understate the usefulness of this thing, but like I'm sure most people probably won't feel that big of a change. You know, what I mean, it's, <laughs> so, not, it's not intended to be a big change. It's right. just intended to be another way for the tos to get people out who shouldn't be there. I mean, that really that really is what it is. It's just yeah. it's just intended to lift some of the responsibility, if they want, from their shoulders. Yep. But again, it's up to them. Okay. All right, let's move on. Having hung out with Miles the kitty cat over on Tubbo's side. What did you call this? Not very poggers. Okay, well. <laughs> All right. Let's see, you need to name the uh, the YouTube video to Not Very Poggers. Not Very Poggers, yeah. episode number 80 million or whatever <laughs> we're on now. Oh, All right, man. here's the backstory. Y'all know, as we have discussed before, Gutex. His face was on PogChamp. You're aware of that. Everybody knows that. Yeah. And when he when he came out in support of the violent insurrection at the US Capitol a couple weeks ago, that was the final straw for a lot of people. Yeah. It was the final straw for me. I had unfollowed him a while back when he began spouting weird conspiracy stuff about COVID. I don't mm -hmm. want to see that. But Oh, I don't know. Some part of me was like, maybe, maybe he'll, it'll be okay. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was the same way, dude. I was in denial with you. Don't, don't feel bad. I know a lot of people were. And then when he did that, yeah, I just, I finally blocked him. And I know a lot of other people did. And, and Twitch also saw what was going on. And Twitch didn't want the face of that person on right. their website anymore right you know he has been there for a long time uh, as pog champ that's the start basically 
Yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, it was one of the original thing. Yeah, totally, totally. I mean, he has he has a really big role in all this historically, you know? So when they said that they were going to get rid of him because of his, like, support for the insurrection, uh, they said that they were going to get rid of his face, but not the pog champ like emote so i don't know what it is today but it keeps changing to different people's faces what they've done is yeah. make it made it so that each day somebody else's face is pog champ yep so i don't know who is it now let's today see. it's let's a make... it's a it's a lizard it's a lizard face it's a lizard got it they don't have to pay a lizard <laughs> pretty weird <laughs> so that's that's something actually i wanted to bring up about all of this so a lot of people on twitter in particular were Saying, oh, well, Gutex didn't want to be the face of PogChamp anyways. We're just, Twitch is just giving him what, what he wants. Every one of those people that said that had no idea Gutex is making between fifty dollars and $100,000 a year just for being one of the top 10 emotes used on Twitch. Like, yeah. nobody, nobody knew that. Because if you knew that, you would understand that no one wants to give up fifty k at minimum a year. No one wants to do that. Dude. <laughs> Yeah, that was reported in an article that was on... It was on Kotaku. It was on, it was on Kotaku. Kotaku. Yeah. Dude, if it was yeah. on a different news source, I probably wouldn't take it seriously. But for the fact that it was on Kotaku, that that's a pretty factual, acceptable source. I'll Definitely, just, yeah. I'll and just and, and I, you... I didn't hear for anybody else who we know. We know people who work with Twitch. Yeah. And we didn't hear anything to the contrary after that. Right, so exactly. if, after that if he was getting 50k a year for that emote... He was, he was getting paid more than <laughs> than yeah, I've yeah, made yeah, in the past yeah. few years for all my so commentary. Who lived work. in Vegas. I lived in Vegas for like two and a half years. Fifty thousand dollars in Vegas is more than enough to live on your own. Like you're you're living in a nice two bedroom apartment in a nice part of Vegas. If you're bringing in this fifty k, if that was the minimum amount, I'm gonna assume he was somewhere in the middle. If you're bringing in seventy seventy five k in Vegas, like you're you're living a pretty good life. So I can't imagine that Gutex is anywhere near happy about this. He has to be quite pissed off. Yeah, he's definitely not going to be happy about this because I'm not sure. Because like I said, that's that's like, a, that's your, you, you can live off of doing nothing practically. Like I said, I mean, yeah. this, like the past few years, I, I haven't even been making that much this last year. I'm like, I'm at a fraction of that, you know, um, yeah. Losing that much, I mean, that explains why Gutex hasn't really had to do as much recently. <laughs> I I can't imagine losing that much money because I couldn't just shut up. Like that, he had it made for the rest of his life. For as long as Twitch was a thing, PogChamp was going to be popular. Right. And that's gone now. Like that that sucks, man. That sucks. It does suck. I kind of think to myself that if I had known about that, like, I might have, I might have dealt with it differently in terms of what I was saying in public. But I don't know. I'm not sure that I would have either. It just, it would have at least been like an extra pause in in consideration. I, and I, I don't know how I would have ended up. But I mean, it's. I, I don't think what you said or anyone said on Twitter really affected what happened no I, i'm sure it didn't i we don't have any power like that but just 
I don't know. I feel a little bad is basically what I'm trying to say. Sure. And and I mean that sucks. Like again, like I I don't want him to be in a bad position, but like he's in this bad position and he keeps digging the hole deeper and deeper and yep. eventually got to an even worse spot. So yeah. I mean yeah. it sucks. The whole thing definitely sucks. Yep. That's yeah, that's there's no better way to put it, man. It just it all sucks. Yeah. I mean again, well, yeah. You know, it's it's one of those things. We talked about it on the on the mailbag show at the end of this. You know, he did a lot of work to help bring the FTC to where it is. You know, with a lot of the yeah. excellent adventures and the cross counter stuff, and he was yep. very integral in in getting us to to kind of where we are at this point. And you know, it sucks to see this kind of thing happen. It it, it makes me sad. You know, to 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 see him, you know, kind of support the the insurrection and everything like that. So it's yeah, yeah. That's that's what I said too. It mostly just makes me sad. Yeah, and it's not it's not an opinion in the same sense. It is is it literally an opinion? Yes. Is it the kind of opinion that I feel like should be within the Overton window of politics? No, an insurrection <laughs> to me. Like I can ha I'm happy to have disagreements. I have many family and friends who I disagree with on a lot of stuff politically. There's a limit, honestly, <laughs> to, to what you can, to what you can re have a reasonable conversation with somebody about, or, or to what oh, you can, what, to what you can like have on your Twitter feed even. Yeah. There's a limit. And the COVID stuff, like I said, denying COVID, the man has whatever, 75,000 followers. I don't know what it is, something like that. Tweeting out stuff that is life and death dangerous, like ignore COVID, like the pandemic's over, is really bad. It's not, mm -hmm. this is not what I want to, to mean when I say, let's have a difference of opinion. This is for me beyond the pale. <laughs> so I don't follow. But then when it comes to, uh, you know, a literal insurrection against, the Congress of the United States. A lot of those people were kind of bumbling idiots, yes, but there were also reports have come out. Very militarized, military trained people who were there to kill. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that we've seen pictures of people with zip ties. There were pipe bombs, functional pipe bombs. Like, this is not some joke. And that is, it's beyond the pale for me. It's more than I'm more than I'm willing to say, let's have a difference of opinion about. Right. <sighs> Unfortunately, yeah. well, so as a result, then, you know, obviously Twitch has taken down the emote and, uh... Yeah. Yeah, flex cuffs, not zip ties, you know what I mean? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The serious stuff. Big old zip ties! <laughs> Big old ones. Yeah, they had a gallows outside. You know, just real... Let me tell you all, I've been to, I don't know how many protests in my life. I, dozens minimum, uh, for 20 years. And I've never seen a gallows. Are you serious? Like, come on. That kind of stuff is not, it's not cool, bro. Don't do that stuff. Yeah. So look, yeah, it, it sucks. The emotes gone. I'm not sure. I don't know. What, what do you guys think about this rotating PogChamp face thing? I think it's fine. I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. It's cool. It's a good... I wish it was random every single time you typed in PogChamp. 
Yeah, that's I mean, that what that's what Scoots actually uh, suggested, and uh, I think it was because of that suggestion that he just de- that they decided to go the other way and uh, switch it day by day, you know, on a day by day basis instead of j- just having a set amount of them and be and uh, actually have them be randomized. I'm just curious now if they just have it like how far ahead do they have this planned? Like, do they, they have- probably have some poor intern to set? a different emote for every single day of the week for like two years. Right. I think it and is. Then, and then in two right. years, they'll, they'll get some other poor either intern to do it again. But the question sure. is, when they start taking some of those faces, do those people who are PogChamp for a day, do they get paid? No, no because only only certain universal emotes have those deals. Okay. Not, not everybody has a deal that if it gets used X amount of times, they get X amount of dollars. I'll let you use my face forever for 200k. Like, not everybody got those. Like, I'm I'm fairly sure Jabali didn't get that for Jabali. It's probably more like, hey, do you want to be a universal emo? And he's like, yeah, of course I do. And I like, <laughs> yeah, he's not gonna hold out. You know what I mean? Like, so like, yeah, like, like certain people got paid, but not everybody. It's not like a if you're a universal emo, you get paid. So don't get any ideas, all right, James? Like, imagine having a negotiation with Jabali where you're offering him free constant publicity to the point where like random kids in middle schools will know his name and and he's gonna like pretend to negotiate with you he's gonna be like i don't know i have to get paid first like you could just be like i don't believe you dude like you're yeah, he's profusely sweating <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no um, way no way yeah jabali is like the one guy you absolutely can pay an exposure he feeds off that <laughs> right? that's yeah. sustenance for him 100 percent Oh, man. All right. Well, is there anything else to talk about when it comes to this PogChamp Gutex situation? Don't think so. I don't have anything else. Yeah. I don't know. Bummer. All right. Let's move on. All right. All right. So uh, late last year. Uh, they came, uh, the SNK team came out with a bunch of news and said that they were going to reveal information about King of Fighters 15 as well as new characters in Samurai Showdown early in January. And uh, that definitely took place before our uh, awards show. <laughs> and then, yeah. uh, so they came out with that and revealed a bunch of information. And then they said, we'll be back next week with something more. And then the next week, they revealed the, the Shune trailer, uh, the Shune character trailer for uh, King of Fighters 15. So uh, the first time, the first week, what they revealed was, I mean, we finally got to see KOF 15 at all ever because a lot of people were concerned about the you know about how the graphics are going to be after 14 because uh obviously a lot of people were disappointed in the way 14 looked and um as i said they uh also revealed uh some of the new characters that are going to be in samurai showdown unfortunately they didn't really reveal that much more like you know they talked about for example the king of fighters 14 bundle pack and all this stuff but in the king of fighters 15 trailer they didn't really talk about anything like net code or 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 any of that effects but um what do you guys think so far of of the trailer (sighs) what what did you say 
said, well, 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 it was maybe the worst character trailer I've ever seen. What about that? Maybe it was the worst. Are, wait, wait, are you talking about the, the original trailer or the latest one? I'm talking about the Shunei trailer. Yeah. Yeah. What about the, the, the first trailer first, though? We haven't talked okay. about the first trailer. Okay, yet. let's talk about the first trailer first. Sure. Yeah, I thought that it showed it looks better. It, the graphics are better than 14. Cool. That's what I was hoping for. I didn't have any expectations that it would look fantastic. They're not going to, I mean, I've read that the KOF 13 development was really expensive and like mm -hmm. hard to, to expect that to come back. That art style is super great. It's one of the, in my view, like all time prettiest fighting games, amazing looking. It wasn't going to be that. And like, I think we all knew that. So all I wanted was it for, was for it to be better, but I don't require it to be great looking. I've, I don't, Graphics have become more important to me in my old age, but it's still less important <laughs> to me than anything else. And if a game is beautiful, that's cool. But I feel like, honestly, many of my favorite fighting games have not been what I would say are beautiful. They're just good games that I enjoy. So right. it's not a requirement. So for me, like seeing the graphics, I was like, okay, they're better. They're not great. It's middle of the road. We'll probably talk about this on the Tuesday show, but then after that, like, I probably just won't talk about it again because it's not <laughs> remarkable as being good and not remarkable as being terrible. I don't know. What did you guys think? I think that trailer was SNK doing what SNK has been doing, I don't know, the past, what, five, six, seven years. Just completely disappointing. Just absolutely. I can't believe that they made us wait three goddamn years to get 40 seconds of story mode trailer time what the hell was that how do you make people wait three years to give them 40 seconds of not even gameplay there was zero gameplay in there besides like the end of some supers yeah it was so frustrating and then they go oh kof 98 and 2002 and rollback and rollback 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 and you can buy kof 14 again no rollback on that and then the trailer goes to Sam showed out, no mention of multiplayer online fixes, no mention of netcode. They're just dropping the ball left and right, man. All they had to do at the end of the trailer was go, oh, by the way, KOF 15 will be on rollback netcode. Boom, drop mic. Everybody loses their mind. Oh, it's going to be sick. They didn't do it. You know why? Because the game's not going to have rollback. That's why. Because they're purposely making a decision, I think. Obviously, I don't have any inside info. I don't yeah. know. But it looks like, to me they're making the decision to not have their game on rollback once again. So basically right now, I'm just like, kick rocks, SNK. Yes. <laughs> and like, you're somebody who really liked Sam show the game. I did. Like the I, re I really miss it. I almost turned it on yesterday because I really miss it and I really want to play it, but I can't support it. They, they don't care about us. So why should I give them another player on their game. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I'm not convinced that they don't have rollback. I mean, I feel like that's kind of one of the reasons why they, maybe the game has been delayed for three years. Maybe, you know, that we haven't gotten any information that they've been trying to work on that. Because the weirdest thing about the trailer is when they revealed the uh, King of Fighters, what was it, UM 2002, you know, and they're saying like, enjoy the awesome rollback netcode and to keep you excited up until the release of KOF 15. You know, like, I don't know. <laughs> like, 
if KOF 15 doesn't have rollback, I just I can't even imagine them putting that line in their trailer. <laughs> no, but see, that's a problem, James. I can imagine them doing that. <sighs> I can imagine them doing that. Matter of fact, I think they're doing that. So prove me oh, wrong, I think, hey, please. You're, you're looking at the character select screen in Sam's show and having to scroll down to a different page and being yep. like, they'll do anything. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I I enjoyed looking at the trailer. Like I said, I, I thought it was the first trailer. You know, initially when I looked at it, obviously I thought the graphics were a lot better. I, I like the artistic yep. style that they've gone to. You could tell that they've learned a lot from Samurai Showdown. What's interesting though is that, you know, that trailer had like some of the story mode stuff, some of the endings to the supers, like you said, but I like what I saw. I like the way that the animation, I was breaking the trailer down on stream. And uh, one of the things that, about 14 that bothered me a lot is that a lot of the motions in 14 don't feel like they have any weight involved in them. You know what I mean? Like when they move, everything's just kind of flat. I couldn't quite put my finger on it, but that's kind of what I realized what my biggest problem with King of Fighters 14 animation was. When you looked at like a lot of the animations, like including in the cutscenes and everything like that, that they were showing, you could kind of feel this weight behind everything. And it was something that I really liked. Um, Unfortunately, the next trailer kind of reverted that a little bit because the animations looked exactly the same as they did from 14. And so there was a little bit of that floatiness again. But, you know, overall, yeah. in, in, in general, that first trailer, you know, there was a lot of little cute little throwbacks to the SNK world that I was really kind of happy about and everything. But, you know, for the most part, you saw it and you're like, okay, there's got to be more. And then they said, next week we're going to come out with another trailer. And you're like, okay, all right. Now we're going to get more information next week. And oh, then the next... James, you were like, okay, all right, we're going to get more info. <laughs> I was like, we're going to get a 40-second trailer that's terribly cut and nothing but special moves. And that's exactly what we got. <laughs> yeah. You, you, and, you and some other SNK people were like, we're going to get more info. We're going to learn about the game. I knew better. I knew what to expect. I, I don't want to be right about this shit. Like, I do not want to be right. But so far, SNK is, like, nailing my expectations of the KOF 50. Yeah. And they are not high. I they mean, are not high. The worst thing about it, too, is they have that uh, line, shatter all expectations. Oh, uh, they're doing it some one way or the next. Dude, they're, like, that, that yeah. was the same slogan as the Mortal Kombat 2 movie. It was destroy all expectations was their uh, tagline of the Mortal Kombat 2 movie. And the Mortal Kombat 2 movie, yes, you definitely wanted to destroy all expectations going into that movie because it was basically terrible. And so when they first revealed that their tagline was shatter all expectations, that's the only thing that I thought of was like, oh no. Oh no, well, you're here, setting here, yourself here, up. James Chen says KOF 15 is the Mortal Kombat 2, the movie <laughs> of the FGC. Well, tagline-wise. <laughs> Which of the main characters in KOF 15 is going to randomly die like five minutes into the <laughs> Hey, you know what? <laughs> they said... For no reason right away. They said that Shune, Shune is now the new protagonist of the game, so maybe he's the one... That'll just get stepped on five minutes into the game and then it's over. Shio's gonna get stepped on and then Shune's like, I'm the main guy. Oh, now. there you go, there you exactly. go. Yeah. Oh, oh man. man, what a movie. Uh yeah, look, I 
I mean, historically, like, I haven't necessarily been a big SNK guy. I don't feel like I've had any antipathy towards it, but, like, the scene that I lived in didn't really play those games, and that was basically it. But 13's beautiful. Nothing to say otherwise. So I'm I'm open to, like, playing a KOF game, but I'm not super into it. Again, I'm not opposed to it. I'll certainly give it a try when it comes out, but it, you know, especially when we talk about, we haven't even talked about this, as the timer has run out. It was the worst character trailer I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> the, only, the only ones that are in contention are some of the Dragon Ball Fighters ones where they're like also almost entirely without info. But like, it's a, it's a close battle. It's a close battle, I would at say. Least, at least those Dragon Ball ones are cut well. At least the editing is good. Fair enough. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah not... it, it was jarring in this trailer. Like It was hard to watch. Some of the moves, yeah, I had to slow it down. I had to play it on like half speed just to get an idea of like what some of these things are. One of the things turned out to be a throw. Like I thought the character was just in the sky. I thought Shanae was just like up in the sky. For what I thought he was jumping. Turns out it was a throw. Like I just couldn't see it until right. I actually slowed it way down and figured out what it was. Yeah. yeah, it was rough. I mean, the thing about it is, you know, it's the jump cuts of like, here's a move, here's a move, here's a move. The problem is they did that with normals and they did that with some light kicks. And light kicks are like 12 frames. <laughs> so literally it's like, light kick, oh, jump kick, oh, oh, just jump kick. And you just yeah, couldn't see anything. I just, I don't, I mean, as a person who has done a lot of video editing before, it mm. was uh, painful to watch, to say the least, just to well, see. Either their editor is brand new and doesn't know anything about editing, or... They made him edit that way because everything still looks like crap. Those are only two choices. So hopefully it's because the editor sucks. Yeah. Not because the game just looks that bad and they needed right. jump cuts like that to make it look tolerable. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing that concerns me. Now, obviously, so, you know, one of the things about KOF that's different about all other fighting games is that it comes out with a lot more characters than most fighting games, right? Because it's a 3v3... And uh, the team games like that, they try to add as many uh, characters as they can. KOF has always started with a pretty robust roster at launch. I didn't expect them to go and redo all the characters to some crazy degree and make them all look that much better and everything like that. But it really does look like, you know, when like High Fight was doing the comparison videos and stuff like that, that a lot of the animations for Shune, he obviously had some new moves, but outside of like the big hands effects and stuff like that, but like there was the move where he comes down with the elbow and stuff like that. And a lot of those moves looked like they had very similar animations. And so, like I said, yeah. I was worried about that hey, because... Recycle. Yeah, and, and like I said, I, I would have expected that, but I would have expected a little bit of tweaking on some of the animations because, you know, just to give it that more weight, it looks like I, I thought that they were going to go through and like touch up a lot of the animations. But if the animations do remain the same and they still have that weird kind of floaty weightlessness behind it, it's like whenever you swing a punch, you don't have to put any effort to throw the punch. It's like the the punch just like flies through the air with no resistance and no like acceleration buildup and stuff like that i mean if it is like that again i mean that it, it will still have that kind of you know weird look to it that i think uh they they needed to touch up a lot of so i'm willing well, to be like a little bit cool about this just because i know covid's so bad i know in japan it's bad too so when it comes to things like the marketing being weird, the cancellation of like announcement originally, right? 
that kind of stuff. And then having a weirdly edited trailer, I can imagine that maybe there's just difficulties that led to that. Maybe maybe somebody was out of the office because something happened, and then some somebody else was just like, "I'll cut it together. I've never done it before, but okay." Like I can imagine these things happening, so I'm I'm willing to be a little bit more, right. I'm to be a little bit cooler about it than I think I might be <laughs> at other times. Yeah, so, I don't know. I guess we'll see. I mean, the feedback will obviously give them a lot of information. So, you know, the, just the response from people might actually cause them to try to do something different next time. But I don't think Tubaware believes that in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> yeah, look at that. <laughs> look at that sour. <laughs> no, um, no doubt about it. Now, I did start the timer again because also they revealed some Samurai Showdown news as well. Um, they had announced that they were going to add a last blade character to the game and, you know, we didn't know who it was. And then finally they revealed it and, uh, it is indeed probably who everybody kind of suspected it was going to be, uh, Habiki from last blade who was also in Capcom versus SNK2. I feel like from a marketing standpoint, from a you know smart decision standpoint, that's the character from Last Blade you put in because thanks to CVS2, Hibiki is the most well-known Last Blade 2 character. I mean, you know, you name all the other Last Blade 2 characters and you're just like, I have no idea who these people are. <laughs> I can name one. God, I don't remember either. Yeah. I can name Hibiki. Big powerful guy who fights with his hands. I don't remember. Yep. Don't know him. Yeah, so a lot of the other characters are cool, and they would have been awesome fits to the game, but I think Hibiki was the right choice. And so that was revealed, and, you know, uh, we got to see just the, the graphics of it, and that was it. So uh, we didn't really get to see any gameplay of Hibiki. Uh, they also revealed... Who's the other character they revealed? Cham again? Cham. Cham Cham, that's right. I'm surprised I... Didn't remember that because... It's like your thing. It's a cute cat girl, Jane. Dude, it, I mean, I like Cham Cham and like Sam Show thing. too. And I just think that they did such a good job with her. Like, she looks really good. The way that they, she was animated and stuff. And that was another thing that made me excited about KOF 15. Because I was like, oh, look at the way that she's animated and everything like that. And this is like, it's really, really well done. And so uh, she looks really cool. I'm actually super excited for Cham Cham. <laughs> Wish I could say the same. Yeah. Maybe I would be if I was still playing it. Yeah. That's the other. I issue. would be. I would be so excited if they said they were fixing netcode. Then you have to tell me his rollback, man. They made something playable. I would be pumped. I'd be over the moon. But I can't get excited for it when I know they don't care. It just. I'm forever. I don't think I've ever been hurt this much by a company since <laughs> Capcom did MPC I. I think this is like, it's like the same level of letdown, I think. Yeah. They're... I'm so upset with SNK. Like, I, I'll probably never forgive them. Oh, man. Oh, well. All right. Yeah. I mean, what are you going to do? All right. Anything else to say about this? Fuck Jam. you, SNK. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, Bringing out the big guns. <laughs> not all opinions on this show are a reflection of everybody else <laughs> yeah, don't me james and david they love snk they're big fans i'm open to it we'll see that's yeah. the best i got for you i'm hopeful i'm hopeful so let's just put it that way i would like to see it uh I'm, i would like to see them surprise me let's put it that way so probably 
very low chance of that, but still. I, I, I hope that I eat my words, man. I do. I really, 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 really do. I want SAK to tweet me back, no, fuck you, and, like, put Roll back in their video game. That's what I, That'd be the dream come true for me. I'd be like, yes, my words did something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Yeah, let's move on. Other fantastic news. So we're... A lot of great news so far in this beginning of this episode. 2021 is the sequel, right? So far. 2021 is great. Anyway, so Capcom Cup is canceled as far as the offline event goes. COVID's going wild. It was going to be February 20th and 21st. And it was going to be in the Dominican Republic. They had this whole system designed to try to make it as safe as possible. It was going to be a private resort that was rented out. It was going to be secluded from everybody else. You were going to get off the plane and immediately get ferreted away in a van that was going to be wiped down just to make sure. And then you would be stuck in your room until they gave a test and you were like tested as negative. And I think there were two of those even. And it was like all these regulations to try to make it okay. And unfortunately, at the time when they announced it, it seemed like maybe things are going to get better. There's a vaccine. Maybe it's all going to be okay. And then uh, it's never been worse, unfortunately. There's And then it's never been worse. And then it's never been worse. Now, there is the vaccine, and so, like, we can eventually imagine that there will be a world right. at some point in the <laughs> unknown future where we'll be okay. But it's not in February. That's for sure. So they canceled it, and I think that's the right call. Yeah, I but what I mean, just... Just as a quick little FYI to people as well, just if you get a vaccine, don't think it's like vaccine and then you could run around and party and everything like that. I mean, one, you have to get like two doses in between. You could still catch it. There's a lot of people who have gotten a vaccine and think that they're immune now and they just run around wherever. Uh, even after you get the second vaccine, you got to still keep wearing the masks. You still got to be careful. You can still transmit it. Like, please. Well, you just... may be able to transmit it. It's un- unclear to me. Right. And, and we don't, like, we just, we have to stay being careful. We have to stay being yeah. diligent. So, and, you know, I know that this, the audience here isn't like, we're going to spread our information far and wide to, like, millions of people. But, I mean, just for the little groups here that do watch this, you know, please continue to take it seriously, even as the vaccine finally gets out there, which the vaccine rate right now has been abysmal in the States. So Yeah, New York's about to run out. Congratulations, everybody. My parents did get it. They're both in the healthcare industry, so they were, like, on the front lines to get it. Mm Uh, and so my dad is now fully vaccinated. He's had both. My mom's had one. She's about to get the second in a few days. So that that really takes like a load off my mind, to be honest, because they're both 60. Well, now my dad's 70. So that was that was a concern like it is for everybody's. And so it's nice to know that. But that doesn't mean that, yeah, that they're like going out and partying with their other like nurse friends, right? That's they're they're still wearing a mask. My wife and I still haven't been out to see them, even though they've had the vaccine, because we don't know whether they're going to be able to transmit. So, right. anyway, this is not the end of stuff. In conclusion, Capcom, with the cancellation of the offline event, they did say that there's going to be online stuff. I think that's right. a, a little unclear. Let me just read it. So, it says, in its place, we will be producing an online-only season final 
so that we are still able to highlight the best players from this season. All players who won an online premiere will be invited to participate in the final, and we are in the process of reaching out to all eligible players to secure their participation. Details on the revised format will be available on CapcomProTour.com in the next few weeks. And this was on, this is just four days ago that they put this out. So we don't know exactly what it is, but there is going to be something. It's not completely canceled. It's just, it can't happen it's, offline. I, I, I hope they don't try to run international online sets. Right. That's just what to it, say. It's like, not going to work out for them, man. You know what's going to happen? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I just picture it right now. Capcom's going to be like, all right, we're going to try to run this stuff internationally. Does anybody have uh, Altimore's email address? <laughs> What if they? What if they have? What if they can roll it back like internally and just distribute like a secret version of PC SF five? Well, be like, this is Ultimore. Just you got to install this hack though. This though you got to install the Ultimore hack. But here's the old version of PC SF five, <laughs> so that we can make this work. Oh uh, man! One of my favorite things about the way that they ran Capcom Pro Tour online in 2020 was that it was so worldwide. Right. It was the first mm. time that it wasn't primarily like east asia plus north america and then stragglers which is kind of how it's been in the past mm -hmm. this was instead really international only two from japan two from north america you had people from south america and from the caribbean and all over almost so this is the most geographically spread out year right. that they've ever had and also they're going to try to do this online thing yeah i, I don't know I'm, I'm with you guys a regular online tournament's not going to cut it. You got a player in Australia. You got somebody in Norway. I don't know if you can get farther <laughs> away on the planet than those two things. But it's, yeah, it's just not going to cut it. Yeah, they're going to have to bring in other players from these players' regions and run exhibitions or something. There's no way that. Yeah. Or, no or I mean, honestly, what they could do is just kind of set it up to be like you know, regionally-ish, like, you know, like the person from Australia will only fight the players from China and Japan, you know, these, and then as it whittles down. But I think the reason why we have no details is because they're frantically sitting in the meeting room right now going, how the heck are we going to do this? How they're the going, heck? damn, we should have fixed our neck out a couple of years ago. <laughs> <laughs> you mean we should have we should now. have used the fix that somebody else already again, you know, obviously the Ultimore's patch probably could have come with some other bugs. I'm not gonna sit there and say pretend it was perfect, but it was pretty damn good from what we were able to see. I mean, it did yeah. cause some matches to have that weird slowdown that we've experienced before with the Ultimore patch and such. But, you know, like I said, it was definitely pretty good. It was definitely something that it was a great starting point. And maybe it was. Maybe Capcom did use it as a starting point. The whole thing is, like, I just wish that they would be, talk about it a little bit more, you know. That's all. Yeah, I mean, like you said, they probably don't even have, or at least at the time, didn't have a real plan. Right. They're, they're, they've got to be working that out. Right. Yeah, there's, they're, they're trying to figure it out. It sucks for the players. I mean, that sad for them yeah we talked um, all this time about how luffy would put in so much work to become the fan vote person yeah but he's and not really matter. specifically the phrasing of it was that he's not involved you know it's the people who the people who won all players who won an online premiere will be invited and he did right so he's not going to be there maybe this means no item also so oh that can't possibly happen i i mean yeah he, he won a premiere he won capcom cup 
premiere. I don't know if they meant that they should have phrased it differently. I guess I guess we'll see. Again, we're going to find out more info about this. I think I did say that only two people from North America got it, but four did because there were two regions and two people from each. Right, whatever. right. Mm-hmm. Um, it, 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 can't, it can't just be a big online tournament. Yeah, exhibitions would be cool. Hopefully, they could still do something with the prize money. I guess that's what I'd be... It would be a like there's gonna be there was gonna be a lot of money on the line. Towards next year's Capcom Cup, double the prize pot. There's dude, just just dole it out. Thanks for being part of the exhibition. Here's your cut of whatever the percentage. Right. Yeah, but what about people like Luffy who should yeah. technically be there? Like that sucks. You get screwed for sure. Yeah, I, I don't know why it says. Why you put it towards Street Fighter Six netcode? Uh, oh man, I bet you every player would be like, yeah, we're cool with that. Right. <laughs> the people who are running the Capcom Pro Tour like don't have any involvement with the people who are developing the game. Right. There's no there's no crossover like that. Not as far as I'm aware of. I, mean, I don't know their internal workings, but like no way. So yeah, probably not. But I do think that it would be cool if Yeah, I mean, first of all, I'd love it if Luffy was there and Idom were there. Like that'd be fantastic. And I do think that they should just straight up split the pot. Just Give it to people for participating in the exhibition. Right. Right? I mean, why not? You already have that money earmarked for this. Yeah. I don't know. That's what I was on. Yeah. It's, I mean, look, we, we all knew this year was going to be rough. We all knew that it was going to be disruptive and we were going to lose, you know, streaks and everything like that. So, sure, we might not get a, you know, if we get a Capcom Cup champion, it'll be an asterisk kind of year and that's really unfortunate but like i said i don't just i just don't think that there was anything we could do about it this is the right choice this is the safer thing to do uh like i said we all have to be very careful and so you know capcom canceling this i'm I'm not even mad at them you know what i mean like i can't even be mad at them for canceling the event they did the right thing so um it's just going to be interesting to see what happens from this point forward and you know, if we can just get to a point where we can actually start having these events again. But, you know, even halfway through 2020, I, I at, at that point, halfway through 2020, I was like, look, we can't expect to get, I wouldn't even expect us to get events back in 2021. Like, it was like mid-2020, I was like, I just, I don't see it happening, not with the way that the this country is responding to the virus and everything, so... And here we are. We're in a position where we're going to lose a second year to to, to COVID, and I just think, are. I just I I we we have to get used to this for a little bit until some miracle happens that things start to look better. So, well, I think we're all used to it. Like this wasn't yeah. used to anybody really. Yeah. In yeah. fact, this is the same day that the DMC three v three, the Killer Instinct event, is going to happen. We'll talk about this later, but. That was the, supposed to be the same, that is the same weekend that Capcom Cup was supposed to be. And I didn't know if I was going to commentate Capcom Cup or what was going to happen with that. But I was drafted in the 3v3 by this fellow over here, Tubbleware, as the team captain. Uh, and I was like, I don't know if I'll be able to play. You shouldn't pick me. And he was like, nah, your Capcom Cup's canceled for sure. <laughs> like, <laughs> like a month ago. He was like, canceled, dude. Come on, man. Yeah. And you noticed how so, how, how a surprise. And you notice how David said that he was drafted by Tubo, but Tubo didn't ask me, so he has no confidence in my fighting game play. That's just you weren't in the draft. You weren't one of the players 
that we're playing. I couldn't pick you. Uh huh. Sure. Sure. That's like me getting mad at the Chicago Bulls. They didn't <laughs> yeah. Bro, your name wasn't even in the list. I mean, uh, it was funny because Devil May Care said that I could be. Uh, I, he asked me if I wanted to be in, and I said sure, and it just didn't happen. So. <laughs> Jeez, see, that's the MC's fault. You can't get mad at me. <laughs> I would have picked you. We would have been UTTV. It would have been fine. That's all. Um, Our team is actually You Free TV. Yeah. So is that your name on the team? That's our team name. Yeah. Who's the yeah. Who's the Who's the honorable member? Other member of the team? Uh, Kill Sage. Oh, nice. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He was. He was my last pick. Okay. Well, as far as this goes, we'll, again, find out more information, I guess, in just the next few weeks. But, you know, like we were saying, no surprise. The right thing to do. I also just wanted to briefly say that this wasn't the only thing that was canceled, or the offline version of it, which was canceled. The Street Fighter League Pro JP was also supposed to have taken place offline That's January right. 30th. And it's going to be online only instead. That's right. a little bit more practical for them because it is Japan only, and that's okay. Like you know, they have. It's is it ideal? Obviously not, but it's much better than it would be if we're going to try to have a worldwide tournament. So right. I think that's cool. Uh, it seems like the right choice. Japan is uh, in a state of emergency as well. So sure. Again, not a big surprise. It's the right choice. Bummer, but. Yeah, this is how things are. Mm -hmm. Okay. Cool. All right. Um, not cool, but you know. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah, you know, last time, like, I don't even think about COVID stuff anymore. That is to say, like, in terms of my decision making, I don't think I want to go out to the bars, but I can't because of COVID. I, the right. the first part of that's not even in my brain anymore. I don't even think to myself, I'd love to a restaurant. No, yeah, we haven't so, even had that conversation and no. I don't know, man. I miss a lot of food that I won't get delivered. So Yeah. Missing it is a different thing. Like if somebody's like, Hey man, remember that time we went out to the bar or whatever? I'd be like, Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I miss doing that. But in my day to day decision making, I don't think to myself mm -hmm. I mean Bar? Oh but COVID. Like I'm not even I'm way past right. I mean I remember yeah. seeing someone talk about this on Twitter where they were just like Oh, why does it feel like nobody talks about this more about this thing and that kind of thing? And I brought up in response what you had talked about before, David. Actually, because you were the one who brought up for the uh, the the pandemic in the twenties in nineteen twenties, um, whenever that was. When was that again? Um, eighteen. Eighteen. Yeah. So how? Like it, through the documented history, like you don't see people talk about it as much later on because it just became a normal thing. And so you didn't mention the pandemic in every other sentence because it was just life at that point, yeah. you know? Yeah, there weren't a lot of songs written about it. There wasn't a lot of books written about it. And that's exactly how we're dealing with it, yep. isn't it? Like mm -hmm. there's no the hit songs, not like. Ah, COVID's out there. Like, nobody's thinking about it. Right. We're, it's just part of life, and you don't need to even mention it. So, right. Anyway. Oh, All right. man. Yeah. Let's... So are we going to take a break? break? Yes, let's take let's a break. We got to pee. And yep. when we come back, we are going to bring on Mr. Elvin Shadow, the head T.O. of Ooh. Frosty Faustings. So we are going to be talking about some Frosty Faustings right after this break. Stick around, guys. I think you mean Bozak. I don't know Elvin Shadow. <laughs> yeah. 
I only know Bozak. Okay, fair enough. I'm gonna go pee. I'll be right back. Oops, they heard that on stream. Sorry. Not that David probably cares anyway, so. So we are here. Let's see if we can get uh, Bozak on here. I think he's dealing with something else over here. All right. Hey, guys. Sorry, I just went to use the restroom again. Oh, yeah. No worries. Makes sense. Makes sense. What David was doing as well. Yeah. Audio level's all right. Yeah. Actually sounds good. Uh, actually, you might even be... Uh, don't worry about it. I can adjust you from over here, so you don't need to do anything. I'll just do the adjustments over here, so... But uh, you're pretty good, so... <laughs> that was me, Flotoss. I was slapping my leg, because this is a leg slapper. Yeah! No, I was kidding. Uh, David still needs to give me his uh, commentary lesson slide here for this. there was one point in time where we had like this uh, electronic keyboard synthesizer kind of thing and you know we were all trying to write music all the time and I was always like one of the more like me and my brother would write music and I was always better at percussion I don't know part of me always kind of wished I was a drummer I could practice the drums and so when I played rock band a lot I used to always try to do the drums and drumming is hard but I've never actually sat down at a real drum kit, and I really want to one of these days. <laughs> just want to sit down at a drum kit and, and, and just see how that goes. Because obviously the rock band set is, you know, you can only do so much on that thing, so. And it's not exactly the most accurate representation. I think I'm talking to myself here. Hey, everybody in the chat. How's everybody going out there? Let us know if you guys are feeling good and doing your thing. Again, shout outs to uh, Akito, who did this cool mix of the song. Also, another thing, too, is that he was the one who put out those little uh, Marvel vs. Capcom 3 TAC infinites with the drum beats. <laughs> Hey, sorry about that. My speaker worked. No, that's not good. Alright, I think I'm all ready to go if it sounds okay on your end. Wow. Alright, we're back. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the rock band drum set is pretty close. One of the cool things about the, the, the rock band thing is that there was the mode where you could actually free drum the songs. And so you could just play music and just like pick a kit and just kind of go and play along with it. I always wanted to sit down and experiment with that more, but the, always the hardest thing about the drum kit for rock band is that it's just big, it's there, and like where do you move it when you're not using it and all that. Uh, it was just kind of, kind of a... Uh, Cumbersome, I guess. So. Probably not as cumbersome <laughs> as a real drum kit, but you know, 
Anyways, we ready? Yep. Alright, let's do this. Alright, back. welcome back everybody to the Tuesday show. We're going to be moving on to the next section here. We've brought on a guest, of course, once again, Mr. Mike Bozak, a.k.a. Elvin Shadow, the head T.O. of Frosty Faustings, you know, the person who ran, the, who ran my number one tournament of the year last year, Frosty Faustings 2020. Let's bring on Mr. Mike Bozak, a.k.a. Elvin Shadow, to talk all about... Frosty Faustings, hey, look at there he is. What's going on, Mike? How you doing? Hey, what's going on, everybody? Looks like it's frozen. Oh, there it goes. Okay, cool. You're good. You're good. Um, yeah, I'm doing good. Thanks for a lot for having me on, and also thank you uh, for you know nominating Frosty for top three games of, or sorry tournaments of 2020. Like it means a lot to us. I know there wasn't a lot of other events going on in the normal capacity, but it still means a lot to us. <laughs> hey, look. To the the previous year, I had Frosty Faustings in my top uh, three as well, even though it was a full yeah, year. Yeah, so true. just as an indication of how much uh, I really do enjoy Frosty Faustings. So, you know. Yeah, I know. I believe you for sure. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'm not lying. I swear. I swear. Yeah, yeah. Yes, not. No, I was kidding. So um, how, how are you guys doing? But before we talk about tournaments and stuff, how's your family? Things are all right in the new year? What's going on? Yeah, thanks for asking. We're doing okay. You know, it's just me and my wife and my son, and we pretty much are just home all the time. I'm fortunate enough to be able to do my regular job remotely during these times. So, you know, our son, he's four, and he's doing school uh, through a tablet, you know, so <laughs> that's pretty much it. We're just hunkering down at home, and I'm playing a lot of Plus R online. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Getting nice. ready for Frosty, so, nice. yeah. Before we talk about Frosties. Are you excited for Strive, or are you one of the guiltier guys who's like, I won't play it? I'm going to give you my fair answer, and that is <laughs> that it doesn't appeal to me as much as a veteran of the series, um, because they definitely said, like, you know, we're trying to build a game that doesn't reward the veterans for all mm -hmm. the work they put in before, and I get that. They want to make it a little more accessible. Um, having played it, like, there's things I like about it, but in a lot of ways it feels like it's... they've taken away a lot of things like freedom and like just the, the ability to do a lot of things in the game that I enjoyed in, in previous titles. But I'm going to go into it with an open mind and I'm going to support it and I'm going to play all the Guilty Gears anyway. So I'm not going to drop Exert or Plus R. I'm going to keep playing those and I'll, I'll play Strive 2 and we'll see how it goes, you know? Uh, there's no sense in hating on it and like we don't even know what it's going to be like when it's out yet. There's a lot of great things about it and it has rollback. So hey, I mean, look, yeah, they're, they're yeah. Right. at least <laughs> so. at least you can also just appreciate the fact that uh, Faust looks so sick in that game. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's my desktop wallpaper on my on my PC. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man! All right, yeah. so uh, we're here. You're obviously here to talk a little bit about Frosty Faustings. You were basically the last major of 2020 to really have a chance to to take place and you know maybe we'll talk about this a little bit later but uh you know some people were even saying like after attending it they caught a bad flu might have actually been a lot of uh people catching covid before we knew about covid kind of situation but definitely uh, think that frosty might have been spreading some covid yeah. <laughs> but we didn't know any better man yeah, yeah, yeah. not I mean, your fault at all <laughs> 
Yeah, it we wasn't have, Frosty's fault one bit. We have no way of knowing that. There's no records of anything like that. And obviously nobody knew about it at the time of the mm-hmm. event. Yeah, yeah, maybe aside from some, you know, whispers of it coming from China, but at the time, no one had any ideas <laughs> it was even, you know, a threat here. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I hope I hope a lot of people didn't get sick after Frosty, uh, yeah. and you know, but obviously we we know better now. Yeah. Not to. Try well, I mean, yeah. So you know, transitioning from that, you know, obviously 2021, you've decided to do what a lot of events have, and you have gone online now. So. Talk to me about, you know, what the plans are for Frosty Fastings and what kind of challenges that you've been running into to, to, to make this work. Sure. Um, well, I mean, it kind of started out where, you know, we weren't 100% sure what we wanted to do going into this time because everyone was so uncertain about what's going to happen with COVID. We thought, oh, maybe, you know, we were going to be the lucky event that dodged the bullet to get the event out right before COVID and maybe we'll be one of the first events. But obviously as time went on, it was quite obvious months and months and months ago that that wasn't even going to be a possibility. So, you know, we thought about other oper- or, uh, other uh, possibilities, like what we could do. We could have gone like a route where we just had like a thing like Combo Breaker did where they showed like some videos and celebrated the event and the history or maybe run a few games and I think what really got me excited to do this idea in the first place was when Plus R got the uh, the rollback netcode. Ah. Obviously, things is a guilty gear driven centric, uh, you know, centered event, and so having that opportunity to put together a huge tournament in these times, so that was obviously going to be the, the first part of it. And then we kind of weren't sure how big we wanted to make it right off the bat. Um, but we, we collaborated with a lot of our, you know, head TO or head TOs slash streamers, because a lot of them are both, mm-hmm. you know, and we talked to, you know, great people like, uh, you know, Arturo Sanchez and Low Kiki Sports and Callisto and Will English. And we have a whole team of streamers and we basically just kind of asked them, you know, like, what, what games do you guys want to run this year? You know, um, mm-hmm. you know, like what, what would make you happy to stream? What do we want to run? And it wasn't just that, but it really is if you look at the lineup i think there's an obvious kind of uh you know reoccurring theme there with those games we've chosen and they're all they all either have amazing netcode or a solution to play uh you know with a great (laughs) online experience because what we wanted to do was kind of keep it uh you know like a serious tournament like we didn't want people to like enter frosty and then go back and be like well that didn't count it was an online event you know and i know you guys have had this conversation on the show many times before like whether or not a online tournament is legit or not. And, you know, the consensus was, I guess, if the netcode is good enough, you could possibly say so. So we wanted to keep it regionally locked so that, you know, no one came away from this tournament feeling like, you know, I lost because I didn't, or I lost because I, because uh, of lag. Or, you know, right, we want people right. to feel like they were the best and they had a good tournament. Um, so that's why you kind of see the games that we have on the lineup. Um, the ones that don't have amazing net code, we have obviously other solutions to make that happen. Um, but you know, we want to also just like celebrate all the, the great developers and, and, and whatnot that have been listening to community feedback and putting rollback net code into their games. And, um, you know, just hopefully, uh, other, other companies are watching and, and no, notice that these games are here and some aren't, and we would love to include them, but we just, 
we can only do what we have to work with. You know what I mean? Right. Of course. Of course. I, I'm trying. The reason why I'm I'm kind of looking off to the side here is because I'm trying to bring up the slide here. So I've grabbed this just so you guys can see this on the stream. I'm gonna fill up the the board with this here, like this. So you uh, can, Milky, yeah, it's online. Yeah. So you can it's see. Online here, we've got Guilty Gear, Accent Core Plus R, Tekken 7, whose netcode has improved a lot, UMK3, Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3, of course, which works over the Parsec system, Third Strike, which works over Fightcade, Tatsunoko, interesting, is that one also a Fightcade option here as well? So that uses something called Dolphin. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, okay. So the team run by Bill Aiken, they've been using that for years and years now. Okay. Um, it's essentially like an emulator, yeah. but, um, you know, it... It uh, apparently the netcode is amazing, and they've okay. been doing TVC tournaments on it. So yeah, you know they they had what we what needed to be done to run it, and so we added it to the lineup. <laughs> yeah, and so, then of course we have Wind Jammers, Alpha Two, Fantasy Strike, them's Fighting Herds, and Power Rangers. So like these these three down here, specially developed with the rollback netcode, and you're gonna have right. obviously some exhibitions over here on some of the other ones, so you can set up people in particular probably to to have a better netcode matches uh, across these games down here right so yeah i could go into a little bit more about those so you know obviously uh, not just for not just frosties about guilty gear but we always try and feature all the big animated games and all that and mm -hmm. we wanted to include them uh, as best we can so what we're doing is each exhibition is kind of a little different they're not all kind of standardized mm -hmm. um essentially what soul caliber is going to be is it's going to be an invitational top eight format like basically just a mini invitational tournament and axel is working with us on that okay um and we have um you know some really good players rich sticks is in there i know um i don't have the Ooh. entire list but basically you know it's going to be a top eight of really good players that's going to be in parsec um now the other stuff we are not using parsec for it but we are just going to have the exhibitions be between players from the same regions so that at least you know it's only like a couple frames of lag and it's pretty reasonable um so for the guilty year one i have you know a bunch of people i'm, I'm setting up from around all of north america and we're just right. going to get a nice sample of, of tons of different exhibitions sets between uh, them by the way before um, i go on i do want to make a, a correction here too i was using a little bit of an older graphic obviously Skullgirls is going to be included as right. well with a 2500 dollar pop bonus provided by sonic fox right from the get-go so <laughs> uh and then 500 dollars yeah, added five hundred dollars added by Autumn Games as well. So there you go. Just wanted to make sure I called that out. So yeah, and yeah, and huge shout outs to Sonic Fox. You know, they uh, really just wanted to support the the Skullgirl scene. Mm -hmm. Came to us with this offer and said, "Hey, you know, I just want to put this into the Maturino and support the scene. And uh, if Sonic Fox makes top eight, uh, they will not collect any of the winnings." Oh, so. Man. We'll just go to the rest of the top eight. Um, nice. Wow. Or I guess ninth or something. We haven't, I guess we haven't figured that out, but, okay. but either way, yeah, uh, Sonic Fox did not want to collect that money. And then Autumn Games and Hidden Variable threw in another 500. So you have 3K in the Maturino right off the bat. That's nice. Pretty great. That's awesome. Um, yeah. And uh, on that note, uh, I also want to mention that, you know, uh, Sermi and Art at Matcherino have been great with uh, working with us. <laughs> They're setting up Matcherinos for every single open tournament. So even though, you know, we can't charge a venue fee and prize money and all that like we traditionally would, um, you know, there'll be something hopefully for the players to win. 
and that's I guess up to the community what they want to put in. But I mean, people have been so generous lately with these matcherinos. Mm-hmm. It's just great to see all these weeklies, monthlies, and stuff picking these these tournaments, uh, having matcherinos, and just you know, players have been real supportive, um, just trying to hype up their scene in their games. So yeah, we're really happy about that. Um, so I mean, it's a great opportunity for sure. You mentioned the you know players being supportive, Mike. Um, obviously, this stuff cost you guys time and effort and money. Is there any merch or anything like that that people can you know find and, and support Frosty Fossings? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for asking. So, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, this year we can't we can't charge a venue fee. So uh, a lot of uh, you know our our budget depends on merch sales. We have uh, some merch uh, on our on our Smash.gg when you register. You can okay. add that to your cart, and even if you're not entering the tournament, if you just want to pick up some merch, you could just go and pick it up on the Smash.gg registration page. Cool. Um, I think there's a – we just tweeted out a slide. Uh, actually, I just retweeted a slide of it. If you want to throw that up real quick, uh, I can show you guys real quick what we have. Um, it should be on our my, either my Twitter or Frosty Twitter. Um, Looks like it's in our chat. Frosty oh, I see it. I see it. Got it. Here we go. Let me throw this up for you, everybody, okay. so they can see it. I have to move this to the other window. Doing this all left-handed on the mouse. It's very weird. Okay. Uh, There we go. There you go. So, yeah, thank you. We've got, yeah, we've got a t-shirt. We've got a hoodie. We've got uh, a beanie, which is new. And then we've got some stickers um, that you can just put on whatever sticks or consoles. And, uh, yeah, the back of the shirt has, like, little lines from each game that we're running and stuff. So nice. if you really want to help us out, it would be great if you could pick up something. Um, we'll also be having, um, you know, some stuff in the match arena. But this, all this will go directly to helping us pay our staff and, you know, all the costs of running the event. So we definitely want to make sure everybody gets paid that's helping us out and, and putting in the work because, you know, there's so many people that are involved in helping us, and we're just so grateful to, to everything they're doing for us. So. So yeah, you <laughs> see the quotes yeah. there: heaven or hell, stampede, get ready for the next battle. Believe it. It's all the it's all the round start stuff, huh? <laughs> some of them, and then toward the end, some of them it's like at the end. Right. We kind of mixed it up. That's kind of cool. Fatality. Yeah, nicely done. Nicely done. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is there anything else you guys wanted to, to mention or or plug before you throw you off the show, Bozak? Um, man, I just want to give a shout out to like. Honestly, everybody's been helping out. Uh, you know, the the co-directors of the event, um, my Kiona Super Greek Fighter, uh, Victoria, Miss Marvel. She's our marketing director, does all the graphics. Um, you know, doing a great job with everything. Um, all our streamers, Callisto, Art, Will, uh, the Low Kick crew, all, all the rest of you guys, all all of our volunteers. Like seriously, we 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 thank you for the the ability to to run this, and we just want to hope that the community has something fun to do and, and look forward to in these times when we're stuck at home and you know like hopefully some other events try it it's not the easiest thing in the world to, to do mm-hmm. and we know that not everyone has the ability to do it but but you know it's like we just hope everyone enjoys and we're looking forward to being back in 2022 at our at a new venue by the way so yeah i mean just as okay. one last thing you know just check out the frosty faustings twitter online they have obviously it's january 29th to the 31st uh, you can check it out at smash.gg at FF13. <laughs> so this is the lightning This is the lightning tournament here. Um, and you have the whole schedule here and which streams everything is going to be on. So that's all very convenient as well. So there you go. Yeah, we just released that. So everyone, please go ahead and check it out. And 
if you have any questions about the event, uh, feel free to hit me up on my DMs are open on Twitter or if you're in the Discord, just just uh, me, the, um, I'm happy to help anyone <laughs> out if they got questions. I have one last question for you, Mike, and this has not to do with Frosty Faustings, sort of maybe, but how much do you love the rollback netcode in Plus R right now? <laughs> oh man, I've been playing. I've been playing. Uh, tournaments like two three times a week and i haven't lost a single one except once so I, i've made a decent amount for metro pots and i'm just having a great time playing with all my old buds from back in the day who you know i haven't seen play guilty gear in ages because they didn't like exert and here they are and we got all these people playing and it's it's amazing i'm just so happy to see the guilty gear scene thriving and all these new people interested and hopefully some of them stick around and keep playing after strives out hopefully everyone tries both but you know it's just great to be a guilty Gear player right now nice all right. Sounds like you're going to be a triple threat when Strive comes out. Sound, I'm sorry, what was that? Sounds like you're going to be a triple threat. You're going to have plus R still. You're still going to be playing Exert. You're going to be try out Strive. It's going to be a lot of work. It's going to be a little hard to juggle Faust in between all three games right. and like mess up combos between versions, but I'll do my best. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm actually right. about to go play Wednesday Night Fights. It starts like now. So. Oh, dang. Okay. <laughs> okay. Go, okay. Go, go play, man. Shit, we're not yeah, trying I'm to keep going. I'm going to leave the show on while I play, though, so, you know, I'll be listening. Right. Go, right. go win we'll some Maturino money. Yeah. Go win some Maturino money. <laughs> I'll do my best. There's a lot of killers tonight. But anyway, yeah, I really appreciate you guys uh, having us on, having me on. And, uh, and, uh, you know. Well, thanks for jumping yeah, on at the last second, right. too. So, you know, yeah, really no appreciate that. Appreciate the opportunity. All right. All right, dude. All right, Later. take it easy, everybody. Stay safe. Thanks, thanks Zach. Have a good night. Oops. Thank you. <clears throat> yeah, it's Tuesday here, but if you think about it, it's already Wednesday in most of the world. Think about that. <laughs> it's that's also, too complex. All right. Well, okay. Look, people in the chat are saying it's Tuesday. Why is he playing in Wednesday night fights? A lot of the well, Wednesday night fights at NLBC have basically spread themselves out around the week during yeah. this time, so that oh, they can right. run okay, okay. different stuff on each day. So I feel like Spooky's doing NLBC like five nights a week. Like, yeah, 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 at least like four. <laughs> yeah, at least four, I think. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Wednesday thanks a lot time for coming on. That's cool. Yeah, a lot of times they'll also run it so that like qualifications to the top eight take place on Tuesday, and then they do the top eight on Wednesday, et cetera, et cetera. So, okay. All right. And for Marvel, ran by Kevin Ha, who gets it done in one night. Dang. Marvel players do it best. <laughs> yeah, all oh man yep i mean marvel players you know to be a strong marvel player man it requires zero effort right so there you go so hey all right let's move on to david does not even want to acknowledge that okay let's move on to the five five a matchup hey all right number one so you can see we got four questions an important one right off the bat cat butts versus dog butts which one tastes better live on stream? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, Number two. Oh, okay, maybe I do. Maybe I do. Well, you maybe know I what do. one of them tastes like. I mean, is this That's the right. new? Is this? Is I this? Can't really... Go ahead. Go ahead. Can't really compare. What can <laughs> I say? Because well, I was gonna say this might have to be the new fart milk table question for when we can finally get back to a fart milk table, right? It would, oh, it'll be the wow. cat butts versus dog butts, which one tastes better. So. Wow. wow. All right. 
Well, I already got, I'm sure I have the little cat parasite in me, so I'm not gonna get anything worse from doing the cat, but we're moving on, number two. What are some ways the FGC can give back to the community other than streamers doing charity streams? Is there anyone in the FGC particularly in need right now? Number three, what do you think about the negative mindset around mashing in fighting games? Is it a beginner level bad habit or something that more advanced players utilize in proper time and places? And then four, SFL Pro JP 2020 Grand Finals will be pay-per-view for about $9 on January 30th and then streamed for free on multiple platforms February 6th. What do you think about exploring monetization in this way? Here's the result. Winner is number four. SFL Pro JP 2020 Grand Finals will be pay-per-view. It will then be streamed for free a week later. What do you think about this kind of monetization? Uh, I think it's mostly fine. I don't like it. I don't want to pay money for stuff I want to see right away. <laughs> but I'm sure there's plenty of people who will. I said this, what, last week, that when Gutex was, uh, you know, toting around with Mike Ross and they were monetizing fighting games, I was one of the few people who didn't think it was, like, weird or gross. I thought that it made sense that you should monetize something that people will pay for like that's basic capitalism and we live in a capitalistic society so if you're playing the game you're trying to make money i i don't blame them for doing that <clears throat> however i don't like it because i'm unemployed and screw that noise i want to watch my stuff for free you know like <laughs> give me the stuff i deserve i'm an american you know like that that's just kind of how i feel but realistically man go go get paid make charge your nine bucks or whatever i'm sure you know, 10,000 people will pay for it and the rest of us will pirate it live at the same time anyway, so screw you and we're fine. <laughs> you know, like, do what you do. <laughs> um, I think uh, I like the idea of it. I think it's kind of a, a, you know, a nice little experimentation to figure out what's going on. You know, Canada Cup had the 895 joke. They tried to charge, they, they basically hit the high quality version of the stream behind a paywall and you could stream it in what was like 360p or something like that. If you didn't do it, it was a, that was what they. That's what they no, did. No, no, no. They, they just ran ads constantly. Oh, is that what it was? No, they if also. You 895. You didn't get the ads. I thought. I thought they. I, also... I think the stream. I think the stream was garbage quality, no matter if you paid or not. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, um, I like this idea. However, I do think that they're making one big mistake, in that that they are actually holding the regular one for free a week later uh, because the way that fighting game events work is that a week later is like 50 years later like yeah, people really don't is. people don't care anymore like you could literally charge nine dollars for it to be live and then just release it for free literally like the next day or two days later I think it would work because then people might actually still want to watch it. If you release it for free on YouTube, people will watch it. You'll actually get the hits on YouTube anyway and get the ad revenue from there. If you wait for a week, I don't think people will watch it because people will already know the results. You'll already see all the highlights from HiFi, I'm sure, on Twitter, etc., etc. The interest is going to wane after a week. Week is a lifetime in the fighting game community. Uh, I think next day or two days later for free is the better choice, uh, to be honest with you. So, I think that makes sense. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I am 
I have occasionally visited the piratebay.egg. Occasionally, uh, yeah. Occasionally. <laughs> here and there for the last 25 years. Um, but as I've often said, that that's the world that we live in. And we're not going back to a situation where like you can't like pirate stuff. Uh, so I hope people just support the things that they care about. So I do support the things that I care about, right? I subscribe to a bunch of people on Twitch and I like pay for, I subscribe to podcasts, like you don't need to, but those are the things that I care about. So I'm supporting them. I think that's really important. And I'm down to support for this. I think this is this is cool. Um, I'm not sure that I can, because I, I forgot to look into whether it's open rec or not. And if it is, then bummer, um, I actually can't. I think they don't accept foreign credit cards last I checked. Okay. Hopefully that's changed, but last time I checked that was true. Okay. But let me know what the case is on that. <laughs> uh, in any case, like I'm cool with the idea, definitely. I would support it if possible. But I also agree with you guys that it, a week is probably too long. Like mm -hmm. I'm imagining a situation in which whatever number of people watch live and then some stream, stream vulture like takes it and then uploads it to their YouTube channel the next day and it gets like 100,000 hits before the week is through. Yep. Right? Like that's probably going to happen. Even before even before it gets taken down, it'll probably get like 50,000 views yeah, or some crazy yeah. thing. That's what happens with events anyway. And even when people do have a big event, then like 2 days later they've cut all the footage together and they release it, which is a pretty common timeline for big majors when we have those. Even in those cases, many times there's already somebody who's uploaded the things mm -hmm. and they already have tens of thousands of views, right? That's right. that the person who's actually like run the tournament and then edited the videos has missed out on. Uh, so yeah, the, the timeline I think maybe should be different uh, here for the Street Fighter League Pro GP, but it's, uh, I'm cool with them trying it for sure. Yeah, definitely. I think a week might they might find is like not the right time, but if they're experimenting and trying to find out what does work, cool, cool. I, I'm all for that and trying to find different ways to to fund this thing. I don't know how much this stuff costs, Street Fighter League, but I would imagine a pretty penny just based on watching it. Yeah, and not Both only in that. Japan and in the US. Yeah, because for a while Japan was doing okay. They were probably thinking like, oh, we'll run this live. People will be yeah. able to come and see it and everything and buy tickets. But unfortunately, uh, as Fugu mentioned earlier in the chat, you know, uh, they've had 1,500 cases of COVID in one day reported. I mean, only, only 1,500 cases in one day reported. <laughs> That's way fewer actually only, than get reported yeah. in my county where I live. But Dude, we have you know. more deaths in a day by like three times, you know, uh, in our country. Oh, granted, our country is a little bigger, to be fair. So, but anyway, so, but still, they, they probably need to find a way. In conclusion. Yeah, they probably need to find a way to, to try to make up some of that money they're going to lose from lack of ticket sales now. And so that's probably why they're choosing to do this. They're probably trying yeah. to put it as a week delay to make it feel like you want to get it now. Otherwise, you can't just wait a day and kind of things. But like I said, I'm, I'm hoping that a week isn't too long. That's all. Yeah, I, I feel like they don't care about the VOD views, though. Like straight up. I think they're planning on making the majority of the money from the pay-per-view. Okay. That's, I, I would assume that that would be your, because you know, you know that someone's going to pirate it and put it on YouTube. Yeah, you right. know that they are. 
-hmm. you know, you'd have to be a fool to not consider that. So I think that's what they're trying to uh, not deal with. They're just trying to make their money up front and be like, okay, we we got what we got. That's cool. I mean, that's when it comes to the Capcom Cup. Capcom Cup, obviously, we were talking about is not going to happen in person, but in previous years, they sold tickets to that, right? Mm -hmm. Last year, they sold tickets. Previous year, they sold tickets. Well, a couple of years, there's been a lot of people there, like big old, like a stadium, remember? Right. At, uh, but PS. they don't have to rent the stadium now, you know? So they can't do any of this stuff, right? So they, they have to look for different revenue sources, and that's part of why I think I'm cool with this idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I agree. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think it's fine. Okay. Given the circumstances... But I mean, it is definitely hard to make people go from getting something for free to paying for it. It's not an easy transition. But yeah, I support them trying it out, and I hope that if people are interested, that they do support it. Yeah. Also, though, um, uh, you know, just to kind of get back to the original point of the question, though, is uh, what about other events doing this? Like, do you feel like that this is something that other events should just start looking into? You know, should they even can. something like CEO or Combo Breaker they think can. about it? They can't. They can't. They can't. You're giving up. You're giving up too much publicity. And it's nothing but bad publicity when you go, you can't watch if you don't pay three ninety nine each day that we're available. Right. I think the only tournament that might have been able to get away with it would have been Evo. Right. Uh, but but CEO, Combo Breaker, Final Round, Frosty Faustings, they can't get away with that. There's no way in hell. Mm -hmm. People revolt just like they did against Canada Cup A95 in 2011 or 12 or whatever. <laughs> that, that was, I was going to say. I believe was 2011. We're talking about that an entire decade later. Oh, That's don't how... stop it. No, I, I, stop. I, still, I still think regular events can't do it. They're just, you can't. It's, it's bad publicity. It's not good news. And the, those tournaments, they need, they, it's been proven that if you run a major, you need a good stream experience. People will yeah. rip you apart for not having a good stream experience. Yeah. And people won't go to your event because of it. They will join the online revolt and go, I don't want to support them. So you, you can't do that. You, you, you can't. Like, Capcom Cup, Evo, maybe Red Bull Kumite can get away with it. Anything else, no way. No way. Yeah, the, the fighting game community is not big enough to do that yet. We're, the fighting game community is not... It's a, still well, a niche. The biggest esports don't do that. League of Legends doesn't do that. Yeah, Counter-Strike well, doesn't do that. I mean, League of Legends also makes a lot of money outside of that. <laughs> Well, right, right. But, but, but they're setting the president for the FGC. Right. I mean, we, the thing we, about if they're not doing it, there's no way in hell we can do it. Because remember, League of Legends, a lot of those esports events are literally advertising budget, basically, for their game. Whereas for right. fighting game events, the event is the, like that's their own money because it's not like Capcom is. Like you said, Capcom could do it for Capcom Cup because, you know it's their game but you know not doing it is better for them because it's an advertisement for their own game you know for something like an evo for a combo breaker it is an alternate revenue stream but you know maybe they would make more money through the regular twitch ads anyway so then yeah and then when you have like when you're when you're partnered with twitch and you have subscribers right. things like that like evo i'm sure still probably has you know thousands of people that have the evo emotes you know mm. Right. So, like, that stuff, that stuff works. People will sub and give you money that way. Yep. There's other ways to go about it. Just let the people that want to support, support. Not everybody can, especially right now. So Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with you guys that it's really just a small subset that can probably realistically try this stuff. 
I am happy that other events are doing more. For example, we were, when we were talking with Mike, we talked about the merch. Yeah. And that's like not that old. Honestly, the focus on merch for events is really just a few years old. So that's been something that even even this, well, last year, 2020, was explored more as like ECT had some sick stuff, Combo Breaker had some sick stuff that like makes you want to buy it. It's like a, Combo Breaker's been doing that. It's, I guess they both have. It's not exactly new again, but it's not old either. So I'm glad that there's been that kind of experimentation. That's been helpful. Yeah. I'm definitely down to have more experimentation. I think that'd be cool. But yeah, as far as the pay-per-view idea specifically, I'm with you guys. It's probably just realistic for a few of the most dev and pub supported events and then like the biggest one of the year in, in EVO. Right. My cat's actively trying to pull down my green screen, so I think I'm falling <laughs> down. Just be aware why. Let's go, Miles. He's doing uh, so the next question, there's a tie. So how do you want to handle this? What do we got uh, here? Between yeah. which ones? Between number two, what are some ways the FGC can give back to the community other than streamers doing charity streams? Is anyone in the FGC particularly in need right now? And three, what do you think about the negative mindset around mashing in fighting games? Is it a beginner level bad habit or something that more advanced players utilize in proper time and places? Yeah, I'm open to either one. What do y'all like, want to do? I like three way better. I think we, I think we've answered two several times. <laughs> and and in, in any case, like a lot of people need help. I don't know that we yeah. can really name any one person. <laughs> I need a lot of help. If somebody wants to send me like a new yeah. chair, thanks. That would yeah. be a huge help. Yeah, you you definitely had a rough one today for sure. Yeah, I've had, I've had today's been a, a day for me for sure. <sighs> Uh, all right, let's do number three then. What do you think about the negative mindset around mashing in fighting games? Is it a beginner level bad habit or something that more advanced players utilize in proper time and places? It is both. I think that's my quick answer here. It's both. Yeah. People who are at lower levels of gameplay will press buttons because they don't know any better. They're trying stuff out. Sometimes it'll work, sometimes it won't. They're just experimenting or they're just trying, right? Whatever, they're doing whatever they're doing. And so, yeah, definitely it's a lower level habit. Then at the highest level, it's intentional, but it's also really useful. <laughs> you have to press buttons, you have to mash. So mashing in the sense of, I think there's like a couple ways to, to use the word mashing. One is if you're trying to come out with some hard input, a 720 super or whatever, you might mash the stick and so you're just Turn trying- the butter. <laughs> Turn the butter, yeah. So that's one way we, we use mashing, which, People at top level do, absolutely. If you've ever seen a top level grappler play in person on a stick, you will definitely see them rip it around a lot, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And then when it comes to the conception of mashing where it's just like pressing buttons at times when it's like not your turn to press buttons based on frame data. Uh, yeah, that also, yeah, useful at high level. Absolutely, you gotta do that. There's no game that's I've ever seen certainly in fighting games where you shouldn't do wake up buttons sometimes. I was playing Tough Love Arena the other day. We'll talk about it in a little <laughs> A game that has nothing. I had a character that didn't have, I don't know, wasn't playing a parry. I had nothing. I did wake up button. Why not? Sometimes you got to do it, dude. And that's, that's just how it is. You can't sit still always. Now, you shouldn't always do that, but you definitely need to do it sometimes. That's it. That's how fighting games are played. I mean, you, you pretty much said exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, uh, I, I feel like when you're a beginner, 
you're mashing without a purpose, and you learn usually very quickly if you're playing anyone with some sort of skill that you can't do that. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna get frame trapped and counter hit over and over and over again, and you're gonna die. And my cat's gonna bite my arm for no reason. <laughs> Let's uh, go, my. <laughs> he's being a jerk tonight. Um, but yeah, and then and then as you as you learn that you stop mashing. Mid level players don't mash. Yeah, they kind of they block all the time. And then when you start getting up to higher levels, you start recognizing when you should and can yeah. and need to hit buttons, uh, which you know comes into the you know counterplay of I'm gonna set up frame traps and blah 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 blah. blah. But yeah, it's, like mashing is one of those things that uh, it's like you're you're actually running before you're learning to walk as a beginner because you should mash on occasion. You just don't know why or how you're gonna go about it. And then you, you learn that over time. Yeah, even from an execution standpoint, there's a lot of times that you want to mash. I mean, a lot of the games with input buffers, for example, if you're trying to do a link in Street Fighter V and you're not double tapping or even mashing a button, you're kind of making a mistake because uh, you want to double tap in these games because of the input buffer. In something like Soul Calibur or Tekken, because the input buffer is so much larger, you definitely want to mash to make sure you punish things. Because in Tekken, for example, you have to launch punish something that's minus 14, minus 15. And if you're not mashing your knee or whatever like that, then you're missing out on stuff. Uh, just in some cases, like, uh, I think this came up because I tweeted about this. Uh, there was a video of Anao doing, uh, Honda. Uh, he did the, 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 the V-trigger headbutt into another headbutt and came out with Super. But you could hear his joystick. And as soon as he armored the V-reversal and the V-trigger came out, you just hear, like that, right? And 100%, you absolutely should mash in those situations because... The game's input recognition is so lenient. Like, obviously, this won't work in a Super Turbo or something like that. But in Street Fighter 4 or in Street Fighter 5, it recognizes the inputs that way. Absolutely, MASH. Whenever I do V-Skill 1 into Super with Lucia, you have, like, a gigantic window to input that. And, you know, I've had someone say, like, I keep missing it. You know, I do this. You can't cancel the first kick. Out, man. You can't cancel the first kick. So as soon as the first kick connects, I just start doing like this. And you're going to get down forward, down forward into kick somewhere in there. Like it's just going to happen. So absolutely. Another one is when someone does the left, right mix up on you. You know, I always do the thing where I mash between down back and down forward and mash all my buttons for the EX. Because down forward, down, down forward registers as a DP input. So if you have a left-right mix-up, you basically remove the left-right mix-up and now it becomes a DP or block mix-up. Because no matter what side they end up on, your DP is coming out. That's something that only works in 4 and 5, of course. Other games with more strict DP inputs, that won't happen. But again, if you say, oh, look at that, you're mashing to DP there. You gotta do it. <laughs> like that's a strategic thing to do it. So don't be don't be fooled into thinking that you should never mash. Mashing has its place and time and place. That's just how I feel. And like Brock said, when it comes to people who are at the mid level, I think and it, it makes sense, but they get into a mindset of not just like blocking too much, but also <clears throat> um having too conventional and robotic of pressure timings so people yeah. at this at mid-level get to a stage where like they understand okay here's what i'm 
supposed to be doing here like here are my mix-ups and i don't want to deviate from those mix-ups because they work at some point they stop working but at mid-level play they oftentimes work and then you come up against somebody else who's in mid-level play and they block constantly and you are trying your frame traps and they're never teching because you know people don't yet have the kind of freestyling that you need mm -hmm. in any game and this is you know we're talking about street fighter here but in mortal kombat at lower level play People are mashing their down threes, their down ones. They're oh, constantly. When, if you're pressuring, they're mashing down two for sure, just in case you try a high attack or a grab. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And then there's definitely quite a bit of level of levels of play where they don't do anything like that. They block. They're just so patient. They're worried. They're worried right there. And then you get to the highest level again, and you see people ducking all the time. Right. Micro duck constantly. <laughs> oh, they're they're gonna do buttons. They're gonna do the down one, the down three all the time. And it's just it's just based on you know, which of the conventions around these decisions have you understood yet? Conventions meaning like, what are like the things that people typically do? Right. And at high level, you like, how, you know the ball, you know all the mix-ups, you <laughs> get it. And you know what beats some of them. And guess what? Mashing beats some of them. <laughs> but then if you're on offense now, you also know that. So you're beginning to play a more interesting game. So yeah, definitely mashing at high levels is useful yeah in conclusion and a big part of why i enjoy some games so much to be perfectly honest i think i think a big part of why i enjoy sf5 and mk11 is that they both can blow up people who are trying to mash because you have things like crush counters or you have things like mids and mk that can mm. blow people up but then you also have the opposite of that where you have a great reason to try to mash because you can get an advantage in a situation <laughs> where you should. And that, that like, interplay of, like, don't you dare, and yes, I will, is, to me, really, really fun. I like that yeah. One of the things I, I just want to add to this is, uh, you know, one of the reasons why I'm big on this is because there was one time on stream where I was advising someone, yeah, just mash the super out. Just mash it out because, you know, it, it'll, it's easier to time that way. And someone actually responded. They're like, I thought mashing was scrubby. Like, I'm intentionally trying to prevent myself from mashing yeah. things because that's scrubby. And I was like, oh, I was like, no, just mash it. When in doubt, mash it out. You know, like, I mean, it's... People, people at a certain level of play are concerned about whether they appear as scrubby and mashy. Right. Yeah. And then when you get to the highest level of play, they're like, okay, I'm sure I'm not a scrub. Uh, <laughs> I'm not here to win a tournament. Like, so I'm going to use all the tools because they're no longer concerned about that convention, right? Once you understood these right. conventions, you're, you're going to play different. Mm -hmm. Or you can be a tub warrior and just never give a shit what anyone says and mash the entire time. <laughs> I, dude, you and I have been playing a lot of KI lately. This guy jumps on Wake Up more than a Mortal Kombat player. It, it's first off, you play Rob. I don't do that to, like, you know, Jago. Why would I hold up on Jago? But you, Mr. I'm going to backdash forward dash command grab you. Yeah, I'm holding up. Correct. <laughs> Believe it. Correct. Sometimes you got to match on the up button on your joystick. Yeah, you do, yeah. I agree. I, and and plus, I mean, you look at high-level players like Punk, right? I mean, he's always mashing down on his controller, right? I mean, that's a skill <laughs> all to his own, so, you know. Now when he plays against Alex Myers, he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That's <laughs> All right. Anything else to say on this? No, let's, uh, let's oh. move on. We skedaddle. We move on to game news because, again... Other stuff did happen. We talked about a little bit of it. We talked about the KOF 15 stuff. But let's talk about the fact that in Dragon Ball Fighters, for example, Super Baby 2 was released. 
Yeah, he's cool. Oh, do you want me to talk about him? It's, it's your show now. He's, uh, well, he's I, cool, man. I don't know. I, I honestly, I haven't kept up with him too much. Uh, he looks cool, though. He has some juicy-ass combos. He has yeah. hidden missiles that uh, Day Zero, when it was released on, when he was released on, like, Switch, I believe, uh, before he hit PC and PS4, people were saying, oh, the hidden missile mix-ups, they won't work. They won't work. Day one that he was released and people were playing with him online, people were getting hit left and right by hidden missile mix-ups. So, <laughs> uh, Apology Man put out a quick video of hidden missile mix-up that can go three different ways. Like, it, he's a cool character. He's a, he, he, It's basically like, I don't even want to call it hidden missile. It's more like in these situations, Acid Rain from Dante, where he yeah. shoots straight up mm-hmm. and then the rain comes down later. Uh, that's That's more what it's like, but it tracks. Yeah, so there's some hidden missiles. <laughs> it sounds pretty good. Yeah, it, 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 it's, it's cool. You can reflect it. That's the thing is you can reflect. Okay. Uh, but you can't reflect if you're getting dragon rush at the same time, which is one of the layers to the mix. Right. So and, and, yeah, and, he's, he's pretty good. Honestly, like watching some of the people, like the combos that people have been coming, like there's just combos of just oh, nothing but hidden missile, hidden missile, hidden missile, hidden missile, and they like he's, keep he's got drip. Like his yeah. his combos are. Like even if even if he ends up sucking for whatever reason, which it doesn't look like he will to me, but even if he ended up sucking for some reason, it would be just like go like Super Saiyan Blue Gogeta, where like even though the character isn't great, the combos are still like so cool to watch. That yeah. like in my opinion, like those are like the successful DLC characters. Like right. even if you suck, people are still gonna play you because of how cool you are. Right. That's that's kind of where I think Baby has landed, and okay. he's just so dope that people are playing him regardless. Nice. Now the 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 patch actually uh, th- there was a patch with the drop right so there was actually some some balance patches with this or yeah the only balance changes that people found that mattered was uh-huh. Roshi's B assist got nerfed into the ground oh no oh, oh no. people were pissed off about that because well a Roshi's a cool character but B he was like the the new hotness when it came to okay. assist selection everybody had him he was kind of a Doctor Doom situation where everybody wanted his assist um so people were pissed off about that but also they're kind of just like eh, okay fine whatever if you still want to play roshi you can it's not right. like he's deleted right it's more just like the assist isn't as good as it was before okay okay so, oh that's right that's whatever. right how is that mechanic with baby being able to use the dead character the opponent's dead characters like it's, it's, like Ginyu. it's like Ginyu. Like, he has to call them. He stops and calls right, them up, and okay. they revive and do their thing, and then, you know, he can act after. So it's like Ginyu calling his boys out. Do they uh, come it's not, from... It's not like he just can be in the middle of an action and call them, like, an assist. Right. So does, do they come from off-screen, basically? Because obviously, like, you can shoot someone into a mountain, right? Yeah, and they then... just, like, materialize, basically. Oh, interesting. Okay, okay. Yeah. Here I am. Here's my thing. Okay, I'm gone. Right. And what moves oh, do they okay. do? Whatever assist that they that your opponent, I think. Oh, okay. Man, that actually could open up a lot of like you have to be creative in like the experience of okay, my opponent used this assist. I know how to use that assist, and that's actually kind oh, can of. Can you neat. pick B or C? I thought that he had to use whatever. Oh. I was told he had to use the chats correcting me. I was told he had to use whatever assist they had picked. Oh, okay. So it sounds like you can use. Yeah, which I haven't played it myself, so I'm just going off what I've seen. Okay, okay. But if you get all three, man, that's 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 super good. That's even that cooler, good. actually. Yeah, that's super good. <laughs> 
Oh, nice. So light is A, medium is B, and EX is C. Okay, okay. There you go. So yeah, you get you get more. I've only seen people use the one option. Maybe that's because <laughs> most people pick a character with one really good assist right. and they stick to that. Right. And that's like, why would you use the other ones? Maybe that's why I've only seen that. But yeah, that's cool. I didn't watch like the, the character breakdown. Okay, so okay. thanks for correcting neat. me, guys. I appreciate that. That's neat. Okay. By the way, as far as the character breakdown goes, I just each time that they do this, I want to call it out because I think it's really cool. They again had Damascus and Tyrant and Apology Man on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About the character and to to break them down and to like show combos that they had made <laughs> and and to, like really get into the details. To be honest, it's it's great. I just love that they're doing that. Super yeah. cool. Apology Man did one combo and like I remember Tyrant and Damascus were like, "What the heck? This combo is so sick." <laughs> It's really nice that they do that. I'm 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 really glad and uh yeah, shout outs to them for, for that it's, work as well. It's so much better than having like some dev who kinda knows how to play showing off stuff that they think might be cool, but really like aren't combo experts or even <laughs> gameplay experts. Dude, I So it's kinda like, well, we think this character could be cool, but we really don't know yet. Whereas Beneath is like, here's a sick ass combo that I worked on for five days. Right. You know? <laughs> Like that's that's way better. It's a way better viewer experience. Yeah, I remember Seth Killen used to talk about like when he had to demo Street Super Street Fighter Four to audiences, but he had to do it with like person that doesn't play fighting games, and you know, he's like, so so this has a really cool anti fire. Do a fireball for me, and the guy's like, uh, and he's like, oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> that's why the that's why honestly like. Height of Street Fighter V was when Combo Fiend would bring Mike Ross. Like, when they did the Mika reveal thing, that was, like, the height of, like, them demoing stuff in Street Fighter V when Combo Fiend would land. Yeah. When they when he would do, like, the dirty things to Mike, and Mike would just get mad, and you could hear the production crew laughing off to the side, dude. It was so good. Capcom Pro Talk was a dope show. Yeah. It wasn't even oh, it wasn't even Capcom Pro Talk. It was just them just oh, doing it. That was, that was on Pro Talk. Yeah, they were just doing it as a as a thing to showcase Mika one time and it's like still one of my favorite showcase videos ever. Well, Combo Fiend did go on Pro Talk though too, right? Oh yeah, he did. He did for okay, sure. Okay, okay. I just want to make sure I wasn't completely confused. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> All right. And then let's talk about Dungeon Fighter Duel, which was announced. It was. That was a thing. That was at the Dungeon and Fighter Universe Festival in South you know, Korea. I so just, I'll, before, before we get on this, someone actually talks about the Combo Fiend functions thing. I don't want anybody to bring that up anymore because I'm sure that was something he was told to say. And then secondly, Combo Fiend is one of the greatest fighting game players that this country has ever produced. He is an awesome man. And so I don't want to hear any slander towards Combo Fiend in this chat or I am going to time you out because Combo Fiend is the best, dude. He is Mr. Peter Rosas is an exemplary person in our community, dude. All right. <laughs> I was actually supposed to start laughing a lot because he and I, it turns out, we live really close to each other. And that was in like late February. We were like, hey, you want to get you want to get together a lot and start playing games again? And I was like, absolutely. I'm trying to like get good to enter tournaments again. And he was like, great, just come on over. Like we're in walking distance. Anyway, obviously that has never happened. But one of these days, it will. Uh, all right, Dungeon Fighter Duel. So announced at the Dungeon and Fighter Universe Festival in South Korea. It is a spin-off title in the universe of Dungeon Fighter Online, which, if you are not familiar with it, is one of the most popular video games of all time and is one of the highest revenue-earning games of all time, a series of all time. Uh, so 
it's extremely popular and is being developed by Arxis. Again, like they have their hands in so many different things. So many different, what are they doing? They're doing, obviously, Gear. They're doing uh, Dragon Ball. They're doing Grambler. Grambler. They're yep. doing Dungeon Fighter Duel. Probably something else. I don't know. Uh, whatever. A lot of different things. And in addition to that, Aiding is working on it. And they worked on Bloody Roar and Marvel 3. And, uh, and Tatsunoko versus Yeah, Gamma. TVC, yes. Yeah, yeah. So they have some really cool things that they've done in the past. And I'm not, I haven't seen that there's any like info about what exactly they're doing, but they're, they're devving cool. the game. Like that's, yeah, they're, they're, they're developing. Yeah, yeah they're, 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 that, mean, that means they're animations, they're frame oh, data, the, the, all that shit. All the stuff that's not visual, basically. Yeah. They're doing it. And then Arxis is doing the visuals. Of course. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and, and again, so you, you look at the visuals. visuals. You look at the visuals, and it's just like, Arxis is so good at this now. <laughs> yeah. They're so good at this now. I mean, it's it's actually starting to become funny to me now, though, because these are some franchises that I'm less familiar with, that they're actually starting to blur together because they're doing it so often now. <laughs> yeah. It's less shocking when you see beautiful fighting games right. because of Arxis. You're just like, oh. Another Arxis game, all right. Yep, you're yeah, like, they're oh. like, oh. making fighting games beautiful, yeah. Yeah, they're like, so, man, it looks only just as beautiful as Grambluk. Come yeah, on, right? step it up, Arxis, come on. <laughs> I, uh, so, for those of you that don't know, GFO is free-to-play. Yeah. yeah. I've mm -hmm. been yelling about free-to-play fighting games for, I don't know, when I come on the show September. I'm hoping that this is a free-to-play fighting game. Probably, I would I, imagine. I'm really hoping that it is. What about Granblue? Uh, well, Granblue's not free to play. Granblue's gotcha. DFO, if if I'm not mistaken, you don't need to spend any money to be competitive. So how do they? But make money? I could be mistaken. I could be mistaken. Please I don't thought, quote I me. Think you just have the option to not buy stuff, but I. Granblue, you technically can, but if you want to like ever get anything, you're spending money. Right. <laughs> okay. All right, fair enough. But man, I'm I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you right now. God, please, Capcom hire them to make Darkstalkers. Capcom hire them to make Darkstalkers. Please. Capcom Capcom will never hire someone else to make a fighting game. Uh, or, do, or do you mean aiding? Oh, if you mean aiding, then yeah. No, no, no. Well, I like, just I Capcom's just mean, never gonna partner with like Arxis. There's no I just way. mean like hire Arxis just for the graphics. They can do everything well, else, dude. They can do everything. Capcom else. will never. Capcom will <laughs> never do that. Kidding me? I can see like SNK doing that. I can see another dev, but Capcom, no way. They're like, we're we're the the company when it comes to fighting games. Maybe, ha, maybe, maybe, maybe before. Maybe things are different now. <laughs> they, haven't, they haven't changed their mind. Like maybe things definitely are different now. But Capcom doesn't realize that. Mm. They, they made that pretty clear in my mind. They're working on us on a SF6 themselves for sure. Yeah, that's oh true. yeah, for sure, for sure. But. God, I mean, like I said, Darkstalkers could not be made by anyone except Arxis, at least graphics-wise. So, Man. well, yeah, we'll see. probably. I don't. I haven't seen that. There's like a schedule for when we'll find out more about it. But nope. yeah, there's nothing that shows. And I'm curious to see what else comes out of it because the it's free to play, play man. Eight and six. So. All right, in Street Fighter Five, there's a Garuda costume for Akuma. Cool. I mean, I you know, all right. Importantly, though, 
in the trailer, they showed a combo that Akuma does oftentimes, and it's a side switch combo. But in the trailer, it's not a side switch combo. That's true. Is this a hint of nerfs to come for Akuma when the next season finally drops in February? I saw somebody on Twitter mention they're like, I've been complaining about this forever. You're welcome. And I didn't know what they were talking about at first. And then when I saw the Garuda trailer, I was like, interesting. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Capcom putting that in there as kind of like a little, just to get people talking, is actually pretty smart if that's what they're doing. And that's that's kind of uh, exciting. Yeah, yeah I, I hope that was the case. I hope that they already have their balance build created, and that's what they use to show off that yeah. costume. Uh, I hope that we get stuff soon. Like, I don't want to wait for Dan for a, you know, That's patch. kind of an interesting... Like, sooner. It's pretty soon, though. It's only next month. I mean, sure. but it's yeah, kind but of so. interesting that you mentioned that, because, you know, it obviously felt like Dan and everybody was going to come out when Capcom Cup happened, right? Like, that's generally how they do it. You don't want to, you don't want to release the patch before Capcom Cup, because then you got to save all these machines to not update it yeah, to play for Capcom yeah, Cup. So yeah, now that Capcom Cup is kind of canceled or different or something, maybe it's worth releasing it earlier, but probably not. Probably the Capcom we're talking about, they're not changing their mind. Yeah. They're, they're going to keep it the way that they had it. And again, the esports people are not related to the game dev. Right, yeah, exactly. But we'll see. I do think that's cool. Looking forward to finding out more about that. Let's talk about Tough Love Arena, because this game has come out since we last did a regular Tuesday show. It came out on January 1st. This is a free browser game. You can play it at toughlovearena.com, and it is free to play, and I have been cracking out on it because I'm really enjoying the game. Have you guys tried it? I watched Ben, Mean Saltine, and Keats play. Uh, looks cute for what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, does like the netcode looks good, which is awesome. Great. It's great. In fact, Keats has been Keats Adam Hart has <laughs> been playing on his phone from yeah, Wi-Fi outside. He lives in Florida, outside by the pool. <laughs> First off, must be nice, Keats. Second off, yeah, the fact that Keats is playing on Wi-Fi says something about the netcode of the game. Yeah. So. Yeah. It is really good. I haven't I, had a problem at all with it. I've been playing people all over North America, and it's been legit. I've only managed to play just some training mode uh, for a couple of characters and testing it out very early on. Um, the, what they've done with this game and the fact that it's just free to play online right now is is amazing. Like, honestly, the way that the game is done is really nice. Obviously, it's an indie-developed game. Things are going to be missing. The training mode's not super robust. Whatever. Like, the fact that they've already created this game and have this beautiful online in there, not only that, but the, the, the graphics and aesthetic is really cool. The art direction in this game is basically you're playing a bunch of, like, you drew them in your notebook and they're fighting each other kind of thing. So it has this very, like, homebrew kind of feel to it. So All the sound effects are definitely just the creator going... Yeah, exactly. You are just, like, imagining them playing. Yeah, and you're like... 
Yeah. yeah uh huh. And and there's pencil the the blue pencil lines across the backgrounds yeah. of the stages and everything like that. It's really nicely done and 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 for what it is and and you know when I started messing with it, it's it's got like that kind of flappy fight flappy bird kind of thing. The flappy fighter that a long time ago. Oh, yeah. You know, that and, you know, it's got that simplified kind of play. There's only like three buttons. It's just left, right. One of the buttons is how you jump, etc. And uh, for what, how they have it set up, it plays really nicely. The controls are very tight and there's just a lot of really cool things they did with it. And uh, I was really, really impressed by the, from the technical side, the artistic technical side of things, I was really impressed by it. So, Well, from a gameplay side, I think it's, it's deep. I mean, it's really fun. And even though, yeah, you have basically a light attack and a hard attack, and only a couple characters have command normals, so, like, that's it. There's mm -hmm. no crouching buttons. Light, light and the hard. And then you have a neutral special and a back special, and everybody's forward plus special is the jumping, which mm -hmm. you can't do an empty jump of. You're just going to do a jump. And then you have a burst, which is you're being comboed, and you mash. I think it's back plus special. Mm -hmm. And then you also have a... You Roman have an RC. Yeah. Yeah, you have a Roman cancel. So if you're doing anything, well, most things anyway, offensively, you can cancel it to create plus frames or new combos or new pressure series or whatever it is. So uh, honestly, like, I've been playing a lot, and I think it's it's quite deep. It's super cool. It's definitely the most interesting fighting game that I've played where it's like we've kind of boiled it down a little bit, you know, like kind of like mm -hmm. boiled. There's no crouching, right? There's no... You can deeper. Tough Love Arena or Samurai Showdown 2019? Did you really just ask him that question? I want to know. I want to know if he's going to say what I think he's going to say. I didn't look into one of those two enough to know if there's any extra depth. But it <laughs> All right, didn't... I'll accept that answer. I'll accept that answer. <laughs> it sure didn't seem like it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, there's I, not, there's I like, preference myself. like you can't even side switch in Tough Love Arena, right? Like when you're on one side, basically you're on that side, or is? Oh, you can side switch. Oh, oh you, can, yeah, okay. you can throw it the other side. Oh, that's right. There are back throws. That's right. Okay, okay, okay. There's only back throws, I think. Yeah. And you, if you, if you mean, can you jump over? You can't jump over. No. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's not true. That's definitely not true. You can't jump I, over. I definitely jumped over with uh, the worst character in the game in training mode. Oh. Um, garlic has a side garlic, switch. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Oh, so, well, okay. That's, okay. That's like a specific thing that garlic has. Okay. But you can you can nobody do else gets to do that. All right, buddy. Uh, and anyway, I really enjoy it. Give it a look. It's toughloveArena.com. Again, like literally, just sign on and it's free to play, and you just do it in your browser. Or if you're like Keats, play it on your telephone next <laughs> uh, to the pool outside. in Florida. Now, does is there is there like a Patreon or or a donation or anything like that for this guy or? So they have they have plans to do some extra stuff. Um, I guess full disclosure, I'm their legal advisor. Oh, cool. Uh, okay. So they, I think they might have other stuff going on, but you know, I'll let them talk about okay. those things if they do. Okay. Cool. Do oh wow! So you've actually known about this game for a little bit, then, huh? I'm, honestly, not much longer. Okay. Not much longer okay. Than okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, they just hit me up and on Twitter, and I messed with it because you know I I generally want to mess with things like that before I retweet it. Like, hey, check out this, you know. And yeah. so I messed with it, and I was like, whoa, 
I was like, this is actually pretty nicely done and really robust. So I definitely uh, uh, actually uh, retweeted them. High five. Yeah. Thanks to Arctic Shoto for the sub. Uh, let's also talk about Corrupt, which is also another indie game that's being developed. I don't know if you all have seen this. It's spelled C-O-R-E-U-P-T, <laughs> Corrupt. Nope. And, okay, cool. Yeah, I just uh, I heard about it not super long ago. But it is another indie dev, and it's not done. So, I mean, I can't tell you how I think it plays, but... Um, it's cool. I just I just wanted to shout it out and say like the you know Tough Love Rune is not the only thing that's currently being developed by indie folks, but um, yeah, the the footage that I've seen of Corrupt I think looks cool. I think the art style looks cool. Um, they've showed off some combos for some characters that seem like they have interesting roots. So hey, we'll see. I'm sure there's gonna be more info about that coming soon. Again, C O R E U P T Corrupt. Okay. In addition. Oh, we didn't talk about Strive and the uh, the, and the Anji trailer. That's right. Uh, yeah. Did you guys think dope. that was cool? Yeah, he looks sick for sure. For sure. Dude, the, the craziest thing is that, I mean, it looks like all of his auto guard stuff is there uh, as as yeah. expected. They didn't show any crazy like butterfly mix-ups. Thank goodness. <laughs> so maybe he doesn't but have... He definitely has, he has butterfly. They show that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But again... So seriously like guilty gear strive the one theme that i can see right now outside of obviously faust uh they are trying to make everybody waifu material in this game husbando material because angie looks so nice like the way that like he's just the design of him he looks really nice in that game so uh yeah he's, they're a, make he's a nice boy james you should yeah, the idea of nice you should is talk to him <laughs> you should you should tell Angie how you really feel, James. Let him yeah. know he's a nice boy. How do you know yeah. I haven't already? I I don't. That's to be fair, I don't. <laughs> Knowing me, have. most likely not. But I mean, seriously though, I mean they they have done a great job with the character models in this game, and my headset cord is stuck. Okay, there we go. Uh, but yeah, they have done a great job with the models in this game. Everybody is just like looking so beautiful in this game. It's pretty, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, he looks great. Yeah, I have uh, really agree with you guys. I'm no gear expert, but he looked, he looked cool and interesting. Definitely. Ask the guilty gear expert. Let me tell you. Okay. He looks <laughs> yeah. very cool and interesting. Oh. <laughs> Thanks a lot for the uh, info You're there, welcome. buddy. Yeah, I mean, Chip is the weird one because he's so much more cut and ripped than before. I'm not as into the Chip model, I'll be honest. Yeah, yeah I think he's... He, if this was a brand new character, I might say, oh, okay, kind of cool. But I don't know, something about, like, this Chip... Look, man, like that, Capcom took cool. my favorite Street Fighter character and put bananas on his head. And then just left it there. Since before you've been playing... No right. way. Ken has never had bananas on his head. Oh, I thought we were talking about Blanca. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's like Blanca's Blanca, Blanca who I was end up playing. He's not actually my favorite character. Okay. Oh, man. Uh, no, I mean, yeah, the chip one is kind of weird because I think it's just that we have a general idea of what a pixie character is supposed to kind of look like. And seeing like a super buffed out pixie character is just really weird, you know. The, yeah, the f it's obviously a great looking model. It's just yeah, is that chip in my right. mind? Right. Uh, I'll probably get used to it. I mean, someone in the chat saying is that chip players are actually happy with this new look. I, I wasn't sure about that. I mean, I've, 
I've seen some people say yes, some people say it was okay. I don't think I've seen anybody say it sucks. Okay. I've never seen anybody say any of the models in this game are bad. Well, the, the models definitely are not bad. There's not a single bad model in Guilty Gear Strive right now. It is. You might just not prefer a look, but there's right. no bad model. Right. And uh, he is, I mean, th that game is definitely, like, without question, and this is with Grand Blue on, on the scene as well, but Strive is just the most beautiful looking thing that I've seen. It's, it's like, it's crazy how, how good that game looks, honestly. 100%. Yeah. All right. So, they also announced some offline modes for Guilty Gear Strive. They have arcade mode, versus mode, tutorial mode mission mode, training mode, and survival mode. You know what I'm ecstatic about? What's that? Story mode is not listed there. I, I'm, I, that, I, I, I couldn't be happier that there's not a story mode. Why? What are you talking about? Because that's development time that I don't want spent on my fighting game. Fighting games don't need a story mode, man. They just false. don't. Big I hate it. I think it's stupid. You're stupid. Fuck a story mode. Give me... Better options in training mode and good net code. And There's going to be a trade-off between those two, fine, but there doesn't need to be a trade-off between those two. You can have both. People are saying there is a story mode. I didn't see that. I don't see story mode listed. It's not listed, but you know, they're you know they're going to develop it. It's coming because they're releasing all the story stuff coming up to the game. So Yeah, uh, but right now, let me be happy that it's not listed. <laughs> I know that it's going to be announced, but right now... I'm just hoping that, you know, like, maybe that's in Strive 2 or something. They'll, they'll, they'll have, they'll put the time in, in this game. I'm not worried about them not putting in the time. Yeah, but, I mean, another thing, too, though, is that uh, I think story modes are actually super important to fighting games, or at least one-player content is really yeah. important to fighting games. I know, you know, as a hardcore fighting game player, you're like, yeah, Street Fighter V didn't need an arcade mode when it came out, but I, I think nah. that's completely wrong. It did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. And then but, the last I thing mean, in terms of... Oh. Just as a little uh, side note, though, I mean, they have some screenshots here, and one of the screenshots of the mission menu says, like, you can retry missions, and it's like, deal damage against a blocking opponent, and they have, like, all these little details. There's a map yeah, on I think there. Yeah, that's just, like, an advanced training session. Yeah, but, I mean, they're... they're, they're uh, uh, mission modes in older Guilty Gears have been extremely good. Very, very solid. Like, they even taught you the option selects of throws and things like that. And so, if they're trying to do more with that as well, I, I yeah, will be happy. Cool. And I'm really uh, kind of eager to look to see how they're going to do this. The training mode stuff in Exert was really cool. They even had, like, those little mini games that you could play to, like, jump over and dodge things. So, we'll see. Mm. We'll see how this goes. We'll see how this goes. Yeah, I, I like mission mode. I like stuff like that. I think that stuff is completely necessary. <clears throat> I don't think you need a story mode in fighting games. Right. I just don't, man. I, I, I don't need it. I didn't grow up with it. I don't need it now. I'm being a bit of a fighting game conservative. Oh, on man, Tubbleware. That's, I, just, I play fighting games to fight people. I don't give a shit about the story. Matter of fact, after I learned Genjiro's backstory, I liked him way less. I didn't want to know that stuff about him. <laughs> like, I, just, I just want to play the the dude with the jacked gorilla soldiers that uses a gigantic katana. That's all I want to know about the dude. I don't want to know that he's like attracted to his mom and incestual and all that. Like, what? I don't care about that. Leave that stuff elsewhere. By the I just way, want to play fighting games. 
All right, buddy. The other screen I wanted to show was this one. Looks okay. like they're even going to have tutorials on how to fight characters. Like chip matchup tutorial, block the attacks, attack the double of Gamma Blade. So they looks like they're going to try to even teach you how to fight the opponents. I mean, games have done this before. I think Guilty Gear did this in Rev 2 as well. Or at least in one of... I think they've had it since the beginning. But, I mean, just more examples of some of the stuff that they're planning to do uh, in the yeah. game, which I think oh. is a good idea. It's just a really thick rope. I don't know. I mean, that's... Yeah, I don't know what his belt's about. <laughs> <laughs> thick rope. You, you got it. It's good. It's just... I don't know why it's... Th Whatever. We're moving Jeez, on. You gotta, you gotta clear up those notifications, man. Oh, my great goodness. Giving right. me anxiety, dude. Oh, my no so, oh, you mean my Twitter notifications? Yeah, your Twitter Dude, notifications. Look, let me just tell you let me just tell you this, Brandon. Twitter account. Oh my god. Let me tell you about this, Brandon. It's just like that. Uh, like a hundred percent of the time. I'm that popular on Twitter. I believe that. I feel like you're the only person here who doesn't believe that. <laughs> You dude, got like sixty thousand followers, dude. I completely believe that. I had I that crazy Tony Hawk tweet that I put out. That, like, I just randomly saw someone retweeted a Tony Hawk tweet on my timeline. I responded to it. That thing has more likes than the actual suck my nuts asshole tweet now. Yeah, and Twitter is weird. It's weird. But there was even a Yahoo article that talked about Tony Hawk's tweet. And one of my friends saw it. They actually posted my reply on that article. It was, like, really weird. It was very strange. But anyways... Famous James Chen. I'm just saying that I'm super popular on Twitter. You know? Big popularity on Twitter. Especially because I give hot takes as well, too. So, you know. Yeah, we didn't talk about that thing. <laughs> we should have. Yeah. Oh, no, wow. I mean, it, well, we're already running out of time. Yeah, we're running out of time. So let's move on, honestly. Uh, <laughs> that's, why, that's why I said, oh, well. Let's, we'll let's get him next time. Uh, so, Melee on Slippy, I just wanted to note, is coming out with skill-based matchmaking which is super sick they already have great online there's all sorts of other stuff that this already has and then now there's also going to be skill-based matchmaking too so that's awesome good job on that i think that's great for the scene super cool also ssbm now has sbmm so good luck everybody <laughs> i already forgot which one is which <laughs> okay just to talk a little bit about in community news moving on so Capcom came out with a new video content creation guideline. Uh, people right. ask me about this a lot. Right. What does it mean? Uh, I had a stream uh, maybe a week ago, week and a half ago, something like that. Just breaking it down. The short of it is it doesn't really change all that much. It kind of fits with the stuff that we already do when it comes to online content creation. Most of it's already cool. It's basically like if you put, if you put, if you add anything to the video, if it's not just like straight up game single player gameplay, then cool. Put it on YouTube or stream it. That's fine. Just like don't maybe business models that have like kind of like cross counter did where there's like a kind of private area where you can pay to access stuff. Maybe that's not okay. It's kind of unclear. But I would say that's really the only thing that changes because of this. But again, that's kind of already not popular. It's that was they were like the only ones who did that. And so regular YouTube, Twitch, etc., we're basically doing the same things as before. They don't want their songs to be played exclusively by themselves, so they don't want to have, mm. you know, their music 
separated from the gameplay. I, That's I, it. Game music being that like guarded is weird to me if they're not selling soundtracks. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, it's yeah, it's weird. It's weird. Yeah. 100%. Yep. But again, it doesn't really change all that much otherwise. Okay. SNK. As far as the Saudi acquisition of SNK goes, yeah, it's been delayed to March 17th. We talked about this last year that it was going to happen. And I guess I had assumed that it had happened in part. And then later on, part of it, the other part of it would happen. But this tweet that was put out basically was saying, yeah, it's being delayed. And I guess I'm not sure if who knows what the reason is. I don't know. I don't yeah. know if that's been announced. I haven't seen anything saying what the reason was. If you care about it, maybe you can let them know whether you think that's a good idea for them to do, to, to be bought mm -hmm. by the Saudi monarchy, but... Uh, I, I, I hope they shatter my expectations and turn down the deal. <laughs> Fantastic. Honestly, it just sounds like... To, it feels like to me that SNK is just hurting for money in every single way, right? Like the Stadia thing, the, the Epic Game Store thing. Yep. It just... Yep. It feels like they're hurting for money at this point. And so now the Saudi person wants to be like, here's a bunch of money. And they're probably like, can we really turn this down? <laughs> you know? And uh, I, I feel... I feel I do have a little empathy for them, you know, and that's probably why they haven't yeah. been able to develop better net code because they just don't have the budget for it or something. So we'll see how this goes. We will. Also, All I can say is if you don't have the budget to improve your net code, you probably don't have the budget to make a whole new video game either. So. Well, that's the thing. No, see, that's that's an incorrect statement, actually, to be honest with you, because the ability to make a new game is their hope to make a bunch of money, right? And sure, that's sure, the thing. Sure. So that's how you invest it. You have to have that kind of... No, I, I understand that, right. and I understand how producers work, and I get all that. Right. What I'm saying is... If you're going to do it, you better do it right. Right. You're not going to mm -hmm. make a bunch of money if your netcode is trash. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you're not budgeting out to make sure your your next game has good netcode, well, you deserve to fail. Yeah. That's, it's that simple. And like I said, we did get a big delay between when we saw the first news of 15 and then when we finally got second news. So I'm hoping a lot of that was, oh, crap, let's redo the netcode. But, you know. We'll find out within the next year. Yeah. Probably. The Mortal Kombat movie. We've seen screenshots of it. There's a new one coming out this year. Have you seen the screenshots? And if so, what did you think? Uh, Looks like Brandon they look awful. They look so cheesy to me. I mean, they're just screenshots. I could be way off base. Yeah. But, man, those screenshots look real bad. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that I've seen is just, you know, the photoshops of Steve Harvey on Jax and stuff like oh, that. Oh, I mean, that wasn't even a photoshop, dude. He... The actor straight up has a Steve Harvey mustache. Like, you don't even have to Photoshop <laughs> Steve Harvey on it. It looks, it already looks like him. Oh, man. It's it rough. It is pretty funny. I don't know. As far as the, how it looks, I felt it looked like normal. I don't know. But what got me, though, was when they put out the official synopsis of the story. MMA fighter Cole Young. I don't know. Accustomed sure. to taking a beating for money is unaware of his heritage. Or why Outworld's Emperor Shang Tsung sent his best warrior Sub-Zero, an otherworldly cryomancer, to hunt Cole down. 
Fearing for his family's safety, Cole goes in search of Sonya Blade at the direction of Jax. Yada yada. Soon he finds himself at the temple of Lord Raiden, an elder god and the protector of Earthrealm. Here, Cole trains with experienced warriors, Liu Kang, Kong Lao, and Kano. Okay. Kano and- the bad guy, Kano? Yes, Kano the bad guy. Kano. Let's go. This movie's going to suck hard. <laughs> As he prepares to stand with Earth's greatest champions against the enemies of Outworld in a high-stakes battle for the universe. But will Cole be pushed hard enough to unlock his Arcana? Arcana? We got Arcana hard in here, too? His Arcana. Super dashes? Let's go! I want to see it! His Arcana. The immense power from within his soul. In time to save not only his family, but to stop Outworld once and for all. So... Anyway, here's the synopsis. Destroy so. all expectations. <laughs> yes. 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 Incredible. Kano, the bad guy. Cole Young. Dude, someone someone actually it's, said in the chat. Lacks, it's not characters. There are a billion Mortal Cole Kombat. Cole Young, baby. Dude, Cole someone Young. in the chat said that this sounds like Forbidden Kingdom. And he's so spot on. Let's have a movie with Jackie Chan and Jet Li in it for the first time ever to team up. And the main character is some random white kid who has yellow fever. That's basically all it was. So, Cole yeah. Young. I can't wait to meet Cole Young. That's He sounds like a winner. Actually, he sounds like a loser who realizes deep down inside he's actually a winner. His I can't wait for the heartfelt Mortal Kombat story. Oh man, it's, this movie's gonna be. He's so actually like a the situation where it's like him versus Sub Zero, and Sub Zero's about to beat him. Oh, he maybe he gets frozen, and then he's like, the right, like inside. Yeah, his Arcana begins to beat. Yeah. That's right. Oh, and it thaws the ice, and he gets out. And he's, yeah. he's actually gonna to be it's turning. Be he's gonna turn out to be the kid of Johnny Cage and Sonya Blade because they, they haven't mentioned those characters. Put up for adoption or some stupid. Yeah. Anyways. Well, you, you, you seek out Sonya. Yeah, Cole goes in search of Sonya Blade. Oh, that's right. That's so right. Some people have been like, he has to be. He has to be like a descendant of Raiden or Kung Lao or something. That's that's what he's gonna be. Hey, Kung Lao's a descendant of Kung Lao. Fact. Weird, but yeah, sure. <laughs> anyway, this probably this sounds. Is why video games sh- or fighting games shouldn't have stories, David. Yeah, this is only proving my point. Dude, the, that, MK, right? the MK story mode is actually really good. <laughs> the MK11 story mode is actually really good. Compared to what? I don't know if you thought that I was saying that Kung Lao, like, is his own father. No, I mean, Kung Lao's ancestor was the great Kung Lao, and that's his namesake. Come on. Yeah, no, I got what you meant. It just still. It's <laughs> not weird, everybody. <laughs> It's not. It's not Philip J. Fry. Okay. <laughs> no, it's not a Philip Fry. Situation. Yeah. Oh, the other man. last community thing. Obviously, that movie is going to be bad in storyline, but the I don't know. Action could be cool. Action could be, and that's honestly all I will really care about. So, all right. We'll see on that front. The only other uh, community thing is uh, kind of tangentially related to the FGC. The Pinball Hall of Fame in Vegas needs help. They are trying mm. to raise two thousand dollars they've so far raised fifty four thousand dollars on gofundme essentially this is a project to store 700 classic pinball and arcade machines 
they're building a new building. It's mostly done, but they have had a you know, COVID almost complete collapse of right. uh, tourist industry due to COVID. Exactly. Yeah. So they're just in big trouble financially. Oh, no. They have, um, they you know they they go into detail on their little GoFundMe. They say our lenders will loan us no more than the 1.7 million we've already borrowed. So like they're trying to like they're being upfront. So they're looking right. specifically for other stuff. And Dude. the loss in revenue due to closure for 12 weeks, like many businesses have in the U.S., well, all over the place. Um, so anyway, they're they're in big trouble. Uh, they have GoFundMe, which you can find. I could I'll put it in. Oh, it's in the chat already. Toshin got it in the chat. So okay, and I'll put it on YouTube as uh, as well. Dude, the craziest thing is that's a that's a that's a yearly tradition for me after Evo. I go to the Pinball Hall of Fame every year after Evo, and dang, that place is, I mean, obviously the building is really run down, and it's kind of like old and stuff, so it makes sense that they're making a new building, but the the collection of machines they have there, and the upkeep, and all that stuff like that, it's amazing. It is a wonderful, wonderful uh, venue just to check out, not even old pinball machines, but they also have a lot of the new ones. Like, there's a brand new pinball machine that was based off of the 60s Batman show that is just, like, amazing. It is, like, the craziest thing, you know? Um, but it's, like, really good. It's it's a really awesome place to visit. Uh, I ran into Infilament there one time and, you know, mm -hmm. a bunch of stuff. So, yeah, definitely want to check that out. Okay. Cool. Well, let's just kind of blitz through tournament stuff. Co -op Maybe you're trying to get out of here. Yeah, I, I kind of got to pee, but <laughs> <laughs> let's blitz through it, man. I've been there. I know what it's like. Walk up special first to ten happened. Third strike, of course. Most years, co-op cup is a huge third strike team tournament. This year, nope, because of COVID. So instead, they had very limited attendance. It was just people who were invited for exhibitions, and it was uh, it was a small handful of people who were invited for the exhibitions was it like 10 players or something like that it wasn't many yeah, like there that. were only eight exhibitions in total and some of the players were repeats between them but it was it was awesome i mean it, i had such a fun time watching it the oh, yeah. players all performance the characters were great they had some of the ones that you know you would expect okay sure there was like the yun versus chun set etc but they also had a bunch of really cool ones with Hayao Hugo versus Genki Alex was, for me, the highlight. And every single match that Hayao won with a Gigas with his 720, <laughs> he took, he took a, a selfie of himself at the arcade cab. Yeah, doing what Tubbo's doing right uh -huh. there. It was so great. And he, he must have won, like, half of them, something like five or six games. Yeah, he, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of selfies. There were so many final game, final round, you know, near final game, final round scenarios. The 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 Kuni versus Tomonaga that Oric just linked in the chat, so yes. good. That set was ridiculous. Uh, Makoto and Yurian? No, Ryu. Makoto and Ryu. Makoto and oh, Ryu. The Makoto and Yurian. Yeah, that, that was, was final game super good. Well, yeah, no, Kuni and, and Tomonaga went to the final uh, final game at least. I don't remember the final round, but it went to the very last game too. Right. Okay. A couple of them did that. It was great, dude. I really enjoyed it. Super fun to watch. It was, it was yeah. really fun to just, like, be on Twitter and everybody was talking about it and we're all, like, live-tweeting it, kind of. It's just, yeah. we haven't had that, very many experiences like that. 
in the FGC were, were accustomed to that from times past, but this last year, there just haven't been any opportunities yeah. to do that. So it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, I know and a lot of people know that, you know, they, they will probably be surprised to hear me say this, but honestly, when Third Strike is at its best, it's probably one of the most fun games to watch. And again, the parry mechanic, while I'm not a fan of it when I play, but just like in terms of what it does, the hype that it builds, the kind of crazy scenarios that it produces, you cannot beat the parry for hype mechanic. Like it is just one of those things that when it happens, everybody just goes nuts, dude. It's so good. And one of my favorite things about it actually happened afterwards. So Sugiyama Necro beat RX Urian. Right. Mm -hmm. And then afterward, maybe a, several days later minimum, I saw a tweet retweeted around from RX who was specifically looking up anti-necrotech and he found all this wild new stuff. Like <laughs> incredible new Aegis combos and weird side switch situations. And he was like, yeah, I've been putting in the work trying to overcome oh, this. Oh, dang. 2021. And he's still doing it. Yeah. That's, the Aegis in that game is so interesting and deep it's not even just ages actually for urian just the way his struggles work charge partitioning he's such a f sort of free yeah. character that you can do so many different things yeah still finding stuff out was it 22 years later or something yeah, like that this is rx we're talking about who is like the god of urian who has found so much tech he's learning new stuff heck i think it was um was it Sugiyama who who found like tech with Alex versus Hugo or something? Like right, they right, said, right, like yeah. he just messed with it for a few hours and he was like, "Why does nobody do this?" And like he had like new tech. It's like crazy, yeah, dude. Or not, kind of super jump into the corner situation. Yeah. That was cool. Uh -huh. And yeah, Sugiyama did the six down back fierce juggle versus Urian. It was just it was great. Anyway, it's so good. It's so good. I really enjoyed. I also wanted to shout out briefly the Mortal Kombat Pro Competition North America happened this past weekend. Combat won the NA East and Rewind won the NA West. That's exactly the same people who won those two respective ones in the first week as well. So they seem like <laughs> their respective regions. What happened to your boy that was uh, like third on your player of the year list? Uh, yeah, he, he got to win his finals. He's really okay. good. Well, there you go. He's okay. coming still. Okay. Definitely. And then, so that's it for results. For upcoming. We did briefly talk about this before, but just to delve into it further. So the Killer Instinct DMC 3v3 is going to happen again. I talked about being involved with it the last time they did it in November or something of last year. Ultimately, I wasn't able to participate, but it was really cool. Super cool idea. You have teams of three each. Each one of those teams has a captain. Tubbleware was a captain, for example. And then you have a list of players that you can draft to be on your team and you end up with however many different teams of the captain plus two players. So we ended up with obviously him as captain. He drafted to kill Sage and then afterward drafted me. So that's our team. David but is being normal right now. I had the number two pick in the draft and I picked David. So I could have picked anyone I want and I picked this schlub. Don't be a Ryan Leaf, dude. Don't don't be a bust on the team. All right, that's all I ask. I feel like I'm doing all right, to be honest, buddy. <laughs> doing, you're doing you're doing fine. You're doing fine. But we'll see how that translates. In yeah, the we'll have to keep up the lessons for sure. Keep up the playing a lot. The other teams involved, like there's Katana Prime and Foxy Grandpa on one team. I don't that's remember crazy. their third. 
Their other their other third is also from the UK. I forget who they picked. Oh, sick. Okay. But he, he picked an all. He he just wants the lag for the win. That's, but wait, who's the captain? Going on. Who's the captain of that team? AP was the captain. Oh, interesting. Is KP? So all, all the all the captains weren't necessarily like KI veterans. Oh, okay, okay. Not this time. Gotcha, I'd say gotcha. all the captains, as far as I know, like I'm not trying to gloat, but as far as I know, none of the other captains was top sixteen at a major. Besides myself, so okay, okay, I'm just planning on carrying our team to victory regardless. Cool, cool with me. However, I'm just trying. I'm trying to win. Like, <laughs> there's match Reno dollars on the line. I'm trying to. <laughs> I'm trying to get paid. Yeah, no, it's gonna be cool. So that's uh, February twentieth and twenty first. Fire. Yes. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. It was whenever Capcom Cup was gonna be. February. Oh, yeah. 21st. Yeah, I just looked it up to make sure. Yeah, there we go. We're cool. going to win. Our team is U-Free TV. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the day, I saw people asking in chat. They didn't know that To Kill Sage was playing this game. He, when people started playing it again in springtime or thereabouts, he was one of the people who was picking it up at that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And he's playing Thunder, who's a super good character. And he's very talented, obviously, as a player. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how he gets there. We're gonna, we have some play dates set up. We're gonna be playing with each other, try to train up a little bit. Yeah, Thursday will be. It'll be fun. Yeah. Sage is real close, man. I mean, I watched you guys play. Sage is real close to cracking the KI code. <laughs> Hopefully, I can, I can get him there. I believe nice. it. Well, yeah. that's all I got. All right. Good luck to everybody tomorrow, which in the United States is a is a day that going to be a day. It's going to be a day. I'm scared. I don't know what to say about it. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a day. What time is the inauguration? It's at noon, right? Isn't it noon? Oh, I'm actually Eastern. terrified. I'm actually. I'm going to try to sleep through it. I, hopefully, I wake up to no bad news. <laughs> <sighs> I'm going to be. You're going to wake up to your pocket buzzing constantly as everybody. Oh my god! Did you see what happened? I might, dude. I might. Uh, honestly, I don't expect that kind of stuff to happen. But you never know. So yeah, well, we'll see what happens. <sighs> yeah. Okay. Anyways, thanks guys oh, for tuning in. Talk about... Yeah. Okay. Let me just before we get going. Um, I've seen people mention this in the chat. I didn't think it was such a big deal at the Mortal Kombat tournament. Like I just mentioned in the pro competition, one of the players, Titanium Tiger had a variation name for one of his characters that was i want to say nrs why did you do this or something of something phrased like that right some difference in that nrs please it, it was something why did you why did nrs do this or something like that uh -huh, uh -huh. and one of, one of the rules is your custom variation name which you can make basically anything as long as it's like not a swear word or whatever like the game prevents you from doing it you, you couldn't make fun of the game or NRS, the developer, or the people running the tournament. Hmm. Uh, limited other things, like don't, no, no slurs, like whatever. Um, and so he did have that in the top eight. He had this, why did you do this or whatever it was. And he got banned. Uh, you know, I mean, that was the rules. Like, I didn't think it was such a big deal. Maybe other people do, but to me it was like, yeah, NRS doesn't, or WB or whatever doesn't want NRS to look bad. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it makes sense to me. They're the ones fronting the money. It's not. It's 
community tournaments have whatever name goes because there's nothing like that. So we have plenty of opportunities to like show off our silly names. I have plenty of silly names, believe you me, believe <laughs> you me on my characters. But if I were in there, like I'm already regulating myself anyway, I guess as a commentator, like I'm in right. this situation all the time of like, there's stuff I would say in some contexts and not in others. And you just got to <laughs> feel it out. Uh, to me, it was no big deal. Yeah, it was a joke. Obviously, he wasn't. He wasn't actually, I think, trying to be like some major jerk. He was just messing around, but still. And it's a set of weekly events. There's like eight, I think, per region. And he's welcome to join the others. And it's all about how many points you get. Then you get to the finals, and the finals are where the payment happens. There's no payment until the grand, the like last thing that you qualify for. So he still has plenty of chances to get in there. Yeah. Anyway, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Oh, Jesus. That's jump, James. No, 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 no. She didn't jump. She fell off the table. She it tried to It was a rule. Because, she... And I know it was a rule. Because the first one of these that I commentated for the Europe one, we they also kicked out um, Josh, I believe it was, from the UK. Because he had some other whatever joking around name. I mean, you know, it's... <laughs> yeah, it was a rule, in conclusion. Okay, fair enough. All right, well, anyway. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. All right, well, I'm where you are now, David. I have to pee, too. So. Gotta pee. Let's burn them. them. Think of water. Think of flowing. Think of the river. I'll pee right on stream. Don't make <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You understand, I'm right next to you. I can pee right on you. I guess that's true, too. Okay, all right. I'll stop this. I'll stop this. All right. Well... Bird him. Bird him.